This week in league, Benji's been giving Tigers fans the blues for months, so he signs for the most obvious super rugby club ever. Brookvale gets a flash new upgrade, but unfortunately will still be full of Manly fans. The Hayne plane returns to drop the hyperbole on Parramatta Stadium. And we preview all of the action for round 22 of the 2013 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 132 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, feedback. Another massive feedback um, week. Um, first, I guess we should say, we actually, we were in attendance at the uh, the Titans versus uh, Tigers game. Yes. Unfortunately yes, we for some. Different capacities, but... Different capacities, yeah. It was an entertaining uh, a friend of ours, who, um, with, some, with some other people that we know, that um, listeners of the show, probably is how we met them. Or yep. close, or close to it. So yeah, it was a uh, not a bad little meetup. We opening had... up doors this week in league. Yeah, I mean we had a uh, opening imp- up doors that I wish had just been shut before I had a chance to walk through them. Imported a uh, one of our uh, English listeners, and this is a guy like John goes back like pretty much fucking day one. He's old school. Day one, he would have been one of the like the first day we ever did the show, and I think we got thirteen. Yeah, downloads he was one on of the first day of the first step, and yeah, he was one of the thirteen. So he's loved us ever since, and we've loved him. Exactly, exactly. So he was down for his honeymoon, and uh, still is as his show has, but he's gone home shortly. But uh, yeah, he uh, got to see South flog the Titans, and then now he got to see the Titans flog uh, the Tigers. Yeah, and he was quite humble. You could see he had this face, though. Like, his face was like, almost, his head was almost going to explode because he just wanted to laugh yeah. and, like, say stuff. Yeah. And he was going red. <laughs> and he just had this thing about trying to be a polite English gentleman. And I said, if the shoe was on the other foot, my friend, yeah, you'd, be you'd see... Every element of my Westy boganess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he gave you a little bit, but even then, not much. You no. got it very lightly. I did. I really did. But I did have to sit there and witness it. That's true. And I did was actually lucky enough to be in the uh, chairman's lounge mm. with one of my uh, previous customers from my um, old employer, who's now a, a supplier to my current employer and uh, a bit of an long-lasting business relationship there and uh, was kind enough to uh, offer me a seat at his table there. Food was fantastic. Pumped myself full of bourbons. Sat in their pretty awesome seats and Actually, yeah, took we could my probably, fucking medicine. We could probably talk about that now, let me tell you. Um, I've been to many, many games at Skilled. I mean, every time Manly's played the Titans, I've been there. Plus, through the show, like, you know, been there, you know, half a dozen other times as well for games that... You know, I had otherwise no interest in like Titans versus like the Spoonapalooza year mm. before last, I think it was, and games like that. And this game, for example, which is close to the Spoonapalooza, I guess, um, I was come down to games just sometimes because, you know, people I haven't seen in a while, or, you know, up for that game or down for that game, or whatever. It's just a chance to catch up. Um, I think I've, <laughs> I can crack the number of the Titans mysteries at this game. Okay. We get there. After I got off the train and walked across, you know, the, the Mad Max Desert Wasteland to get to the stadium, rock up there, bump straight into the people we were meant to bump into, which was great. So we go, all right, let's go over and buy our tickets because we didn't buy tickets until we got there because we wanted to make sure we're all together and everything like that. Which is so, yeah. a testament to um, the lack of tickets sold beforehand considering yeah. you guys sat three rows from the front. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they're the most desirable seats either. Like, you know, I was in the second oh, row guess. and, you know, and some of the guys were in the third. We were basically in the second and third rows with, you know, like a group of about five or six seats in each row, like d- directly lined up with each other. But um, 
there was you know a decent crowd at the ticket you know you know you know a couple of hundred let's say at the ticket you know ticket uh, counters. We get up there and she's like, oh well, you know if you want to sit together, they all have to be bought in one transaction. And you know we're like, oh okay, fair enough. So figured out and um, Millie said, look, I'll just give it, give us the cash and I'll just put it on a credit card and we'll just do it that way. So okay, cool. So after we decided what things are, she's like, oh, I'll put you down. As, I said, look, I want uh, a seat for me, an adult. And she's like, oh, how old? How old's uh, your son? I said, he's four. Said, well, you don't have to pay for him as long as he sits on your lap. And I'm like, oh, he'll probably want a seat. So I don't care anyway. So, you know, so just I'll get another seat as well. Okay, then I'll put you down as a family. And then we had uh, another couple with two kids in the group. And they're like, um, okay, so there's families as well. And a family in Gold Coast Titans Stadium lingo is one adult and one child. Right. So I don't know if that's because the Gold Coast has a lot of fucking single Sing- mothers and stuff, or you know whatever. But um, you know, fathers a bikey in jail or something. I don't know. But a family by Gold Coast Titans Stadium definition is one adult and one child. So we got into seats. We we sat down the end, uh, the away supporters end, because we wanted some atmosphere. You know, we wanted to sit with other people, basically not by ourselves, and um, and cost like fifty two bucks for me. Jesus. For me and and uh, and Killer to sit there in the uh, second row, uh, down the end, so it would have cost me seventy three dollars to sit on the eastern side where you were. Wow! Because you know we sort of, we didn't want to sit on the western side. We're like oh, you know because or the eastern side because we're like oh you know the sun will go down the western. It's like yeah. that whole side was in sun the whole game. Okay. And um, so I said okay, what about the other side? And she goes, that's a set there. Those those are premium seats, and that will be seventy three dollars for one. I was going, man, look, I fucking, I love you guys and everything, but, and like the money's not an issue, but $73 to fucking watch the Titans play? I mean, come on now. Come on, son. That's fucking mental. So anyway, we bought, we got the tickets all through the one transaction. We take, you know, 10 paces away from the ticket counter to divvy them out and make sure everyone's together who wants to be together and that. So we do that. And um, we're like, okay, have you got tickets? Yeah. And Melly's like, I've got all these spare tickets. And she like had like a fistful of spare tickets, and she goes, "Are these receipts? Do we need these? What are, you know?" And we look at go, "Hang on a minute, these are like they've given you like you know ex- like six or you know extra." They never looked at it. They'd given double the tickets. She had over twenty tickets what? for like a group of eleven of us. <laughs> so we're like fucking. So we go over to the counter where like you know it's a lost ticket slash you know problem desk, and we walk straight up there, and the woman's like, "I'm going to need all those tickets back." And the girl who took the uh, the the ticket order, she had um, basically done like doubled it, yeah, put through double, and uh, and just a massive fuck up. And it took ages. And and remember at the start, I said we got there was two fifteen when we met up before yep. we went to ticket counter. One of the teams was on the field when we took our seats. Fucking That's hell. how long this whole fucking process took to happen. Um, so if the Titans are doling out double the tickets per transaction, that could explain. explain the crowd figure somewhat. Um, <laughs> although they did double charge as well, so that took a little bit of uh, a little bit of figuring out and everything like that. Get in there, hot dog, bottle of illuminated water, six hundred ml Coke, packet of uh, natural confectionery lollies, and a packet of chips. Twenty five dollars. Fucking unbelievable! Like I mean, like I, I, don't, I don't care. So there's eighty bucks for your family of one adult and one child. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, then and then you know, and then the drama on the way back home afterwards as well, which was fucking sensational. I didn't hear about that. Oh, you know, Killer, he was off. Like he was, he was, you know, really quiet. and He was off. He was yep. getting sick, and um, I didn't realise how much so. 
And I think he was getting a bit of fever. Like, he was sat at a train station, oh, you know, my hands are getting cold and stuff. So, and he's just been really sooky. And I um, got in the car, got out of the, got out in the rang, uh station car park. And uh, by the time we got out of the car park, he was asleep. Got down to about, like, Eagleby, <laughs> Bean Lee or somewhere around there. He wakes up, coughs once, power spew. Oh, wow. Power spew two, power spew three, power spew four. I'm like, fucking Jesus Christ, what am I going to do here? Like, all right, mate, just chill because he's getting upset because, you know, he just woke up and spewing. And they're like, oh, mate, just calm down. I'll just get off and I got off at the exit. Never been, no idea where this place is. So I just thought I did, I just did a big tour of the roundabout under, off the off ramp just to see if there was a service station I could see around either of the sides. Couldn't see one, so I'm like, fuck it, bite the bullet. I'm just going to go down this street and hopefully come around a service station and just came around the corner, just past the bush and everything beside the highway. 7 Eleven service station. I'm like, oh, thank fucking God. So I pull up there. Okay, dude, just chill. Let's get out and, you know, just, just fucking spew all down him. And so I go in there, look around, ATM. Fuck it. So the guy, the Indian behind the counter, you know, you, do you have a bathroom here? And he sees the situation. He's like, oh, come with me into the staff one. So I like, fucking thank Christ for that because they didn't have one otherwise. Go in there, you know, strip the, the, his clothes off, wash him in the sink and everything like that. And then get my hoodie and put my hoodie on him, which is, you know, massive. Tie the arms together so they're not dragging around the ground. Then I had to go pick up, okay, tissues, baby wipes, um, like nappy liner, things. I was like, fuck, that'll be good. I can use that as like a, yeah. a liner. So I grabbed all that shit, got some drinks and everything, went back to the car, cleaned out the car, and then, you know, we went home and, you know, all good. But oh, Jesus. Thank fuck when I got home. Once he went to bed, I went out to the car and pulled the baby seat out. And um, thank God, like the thing you put under the seat so it doesn't wreck your seats. There was not a drop on the car anywhere yeah. except for the seat. So it was just like all, all through the washing machine, it was fine. But I was like, fuck, because you know, I was only telling you the day before how I'd spent about 90 bucks getting the cut <laughs> detailed. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was adventure. It was some fucking quick thinking MacGyver shit. You know, like if, if MacGyver's pro- biggest problem in life wasn't a bomb, it was like vomit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then he still loves it. He, he still loves it. After we, after we cleaned up and we'd set off again and he added juice and everything, he was all cool. And I said... You have a good time today, mate. And he's like, "Yeah." And I said, "Um, what was your, what was your favourite thing about about the day?" And he goes, "Uncle Glenn was sad, and Uncle Dave was happy." Because <laughs> I I just told him that Dave's team was the Titans because you know, Dave's like a turncoat. So he's happy. He was happy that. And Uncle I said, "That's Glenn not something." Sad. I said, "That's not that's not your favourite thing that happened." What was the favourite thing that happened? He goes, "Oh, high fives." And I said, "That's right." I said, "Which one?" High five with the giraffe. Like, there's the raffa giraffe that walks around. Yeah. Because he had a high five with that one, and, he, and I was I sort of put him down by the fence, and he had a high five with that gigantic fucking Titan gladiator thing yeah. that walks its way around as well. So yeah, that was a part. The mascots is his favourite part. But what about the guy that was sat behind? Well, sat in front of us, and I'm not sure. I think he was um, a couple of Molson short of a backline. Um, he sat in front of the guy who owns the t- tickets that we sat in, who's not the most patient of individuals. I must admit. Anyway, so old mate sitting there, and not you know normally you'd wave a flag if something good's happening. Yeah, this guy was a constant flag waver, even if it's just like rucking so all he's, up. So he's a Tigers, Tigers fan. Tigers fan. Yeah, Tigers. Got an old Phillips Balmain jersey on. Yeah, him. he's waving this fucking. Was flag. it Steve Edmed? Was it? No, definitely was not okay. Steve Edmed. Um, he's waving this flag, and you can see the blood just rising in. Uh, What's the score at this point? What's uh, it still twelve oh, six no, or something? It's fucking or? Nil all. Yeah, oh, okay, like, from, no, okay. The, from the like. Okay, it's right a couple start. minutes in. We're a minute in. And you can see the blood rising. And this guy's yelling out, Come on, tigers. Jump on them like a tiger on a giraffe. 
And then a couple of seconds later, come on, tigers. I want to see you jump over them like a tiger's, a tiger on a buffalo. <laughs> and you can see all the crowd starting to go, what's, what's this guy on? What's the next jungle fucking yeah, combination? Exactly. Yeah, this genius. He's best. Come on, tigers. I want to see you jump all over them like a tiger on a jungle fowl. <laughs> First of all, I said, mate, I've got to, I'm going to have to stop you there. And you can see all the people sitting with us going, oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. We've been waiting for him to popcorn, say something. Popcorn. Doc <laughs> I said, mate, I'm going to have to stop you there. And he's turned around and said, you've just made that up. That's not a real animal. It, it, it is. It is. I said, when, tell me, did you see that on David Attenborough? And obviously the people in the crowd are going, thank fuck someone's actually started yeah, to yeah. Like, take address, this this address this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> I said, would you see that on David Attenborough, mate? He stared at me blankly, obviously yeah. not knowing who the fuck David Attenborough was. Because yeah. he'd probably seen as many movies as me. Um, anyway, about 30 seconds later, these three big burly blokes come down the stairs and say, uh, mate, you're sitting in our seats. And he's like, ah. Oh. So up he gets and just fucks off back a couple of rows behind. We were sitting in a corporate area. Yeah, yeah. A, he's got his own designated seat if he got yeah. in there in the first place because you've got to go through four different fucking sections. Even like checkpoints or whatever. You get yeah, checkpoints. Yeah. You've got to get your card scanned. You've got to get a fucking wristband. You've got yeah. to get your thing highlighted on the... Like, yeah. you can't get in there if you're not supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. And... He's got his own designated seat. He's rocked up and sat in someone else's seat. Yeah. I don't know how. And then he was soon... I could hear him throughout the whole game. Yeah. Got to give him credit for resilience because in the 78th minute, he said, come on, Tigers, let's see you put on a try. <laughs> like, mate, if you haven't fucking given up on this game by now, you are a fucking resilient human being. He's fucking... He's, he's, you're, you're more of a shit fan than he is. I know. How sad That's is that? sensational. And like you, but you, I mean, you know, you, you in public to thousands of people every week. Yeah. Crap on about Team of Destiny asterisk bullshit. No, none of it's bullshit. I mean, it's all fact. But jungle fowl, has anyone ever heard the term jungle fowl? No, I can't say I've I have. I've never. Do you, have you looked it up since? I mean, do you have you verified that jungle fowl is a thing? It is. It, would surpri- it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was. It is. I mean, I think we should. Look at that. Well, there you go. It's very colourful. It's very colourful. It's like a fucking... It's like a bush turkey on... Like, that's had illegitimate sex with it's a like peacock. A, it's like it's like a, a, a Gold Coast Titans indigenous round jersey or something like that. Mm. It's like very colourful. Exactly. And, but it has got like the teal in there, like a peacocky sort of yeah. colour. Wow. Well, there you go. A fucking jungle fowl. And why would a tiger fuck around with a jungle fowl? Well, they fuck it up, essentially. Eat it. Jeez, you'd have to be hungry. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it's, it's good that he's stuck to the tiger thing. I mean, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to give, give it the tiger every time. You know, I mean, it's we know the team's the tigers, but it just has to be, you know, insert animal A that fucks animal B up. Exactly. You know, like, you know, like a honey badger on a fucking Siberian ocelot or something. Yeah, so I like, started, because by this time, I'd had a few bourbons. Yeah. And I was starting <laughs> to get the idea of as to how the afternoon was going to go. So I thought I might have, a, not having much fun watching my team, might have a little bit of fun with old mate. Yeah. Well, this time he was sitting three or four rows behind me and everyone was starting to get the shits with him because yeah. it was carrying on a bit. He, well, he wasn't harming anyone. He was just yeah, yelling just, out. Just saying dumb shit and he was yeah. probably blind and thought he was hilarious yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so I started yelling out like, come on, Tigers, jump on them like a tomcat on a budgie <laughs> and stupid shit like that and people were getting more entertained by listening to me take the piss out of him than they were out of him himself. Or, conversely, 
Yeah, well, we've got two of these fuckwits at it now. Nah, nah they're laughing. Yeah, they love me. They love me. It's all in the delivery, Nathan. <laughs> that other guy was sincere, though. He meant that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jungle foul. But yeah, um, you know, the, yeah, despite the the result for you and you know, and the Tigers the, put in a fucking jungle foul performance. Yeah, it was it was just a, it was just a, it was just a poor fucking game all round. I mean, the Titans I don't think were fantastic either. It was just the Tigers were worse. <laughs> no, we'll get um, to that. Yeah, we will get to that. But um, you know, it was good to catch up with the people down there, like Jill and Aaron and uh, John, Nick, of course, uh, Melly, Jace, Legends, Glenn uh, caught up with Tiger Benji. Briefly at the ticket counter, he went through the ticket counter. He was in a line way behind us, and we still had to sort out this double billing fucking thing. So he's came over and said, "How's it going?" Then boom, yeah, he was in. So he probably finished about fifteen minutes before we. Unfortunately, did. I didn't get to catch the great man. He sent me a message as I was um, heading to the stadium up to the uh, corporate digs, and then I had to fuck around getting tickets to people that rocked up late. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get to catch up with the great man. All right, so he owes me lunch. He was supposed to buy me lunch this week. Where the fuck are you? All right, so feedback from Twitter this week. Shunter86. Oh, fuck. Behave yourself. My wife wants to kill me for repeatedly singing hash real talk. Can I therefore accuse her of not being able to handle the real talk? (laughs) (laughs) She can't handle the motherfucking real talk. (laughs) With her trifling ass. (laughs) With her trifling ass dressed in a onesie. Real um, talk. Shunter. I'm going to break it down for you. I mean, real talk, you know, begets real talk. And here's some real talk for you. You're punching above your weight. Fucking do whatever she tells you to do, all right? Yeah. The end. <laughs> he is punching above his weight to, in Muhammad Ali, crossed with Mike Tyson. His fucking the power of fucking he, he is, he Frank is, Yeager. <laughs> he, is, he is like fucking Nassim Hamed. And he is, and he is punching. He's he's punching out fucking like peak Mike Tyson at this yeah. point. Honestly, that's that's how it's going. Steve down. Urkel <laughs> knocking out Tyson. Exactly. That is the level at which you are punching. Yeah, exactly. Your weight. Even, so what you do, Shanta, is shut the fuck up. Yeah, what I was even saying to Sim Hamid. Yeah, you're not even a boxer. <laughs> you're not even a fucking boxer. I was just take a, a look in the mirror. I was just thinking of a small weight fucking boxer. But there you go. Um, Blue underscore Beaver said, uh, I mentioned George Burgess's dick pic to the wife, so she Googled it. After the look she just gave me, I now know how Glenn feels. <laughs> <laughs> That's the look I give myself whenever I just look down. <laughs> uh, dashing down one, um, obviously this idea of the Sandra Bullock poll didn't really go anywhere. No one really had too much to say about it, so I'm just going to assume that she's not a sort, as I thought. But um, Dashing Dan said, can you do a poll? Can you really call yourself a man if you don't drink beer? <sighs> And he didn't know this at the time. But Glenn, you aren't a beer drinker at all. I do not touch beer, no. So, yeah. So, by that by, by that rationale, I'd say, yes, Dan, you're absolutely correct. Um, you can't let call me, yourself a man if you don't drink beer. Let me, let me just say that the reason I don't drink beer is, in true Western Suburbs fashion, had a bad experience with beer when I was 13 years of age, which encountered me, entailed that I'd gone camping with... Uh, couple of members of my extended family and uh, I ended up sitting next to the esky and you know trying to prove myself in amongst uh, other males I decided to start sculling stubbies of beer and I ended up consuming 12 stubbies which I couldn't drink today yeah let alone when I was 13 you could drink 12 cans of bourbon oh fucking please I could do that for breakfast exactly 12 no cans problem. of beer is probably easier than that yeah come on I'd still be a bit blind after 12 fucking bourbons. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. You'd be like I ended before up... kickoff at the 2011 grand final. <laughs> yeah. When I was hilarious and people loved me. Um, 
So anyway, I ended up stepping into the fire onto a broken bottle. Um, woke up face first in a cactus plant with cuts all over my face. Um, woke up to the calls of the people whom with I was camping looking for me because I'd wandered off into the bushland <laughs> and passed out and fell asleep. Um, and they were looking for me because they were quite concerned. Um, I mean, I've told that story. It's a memorable oh, night. I haven't. Yeah, I've, this is the first time I've heard that story. But I usually just stopped you at, at incident. But um. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, it was a memorable night. But to this day, I still can't. I can barely even handle the smell, let alone the taste. Yeah, so that's beer. me. That's me with bourbon. I mean, yeah. I'm getting better. I can handle the smell of it now, and even <laughs> because, taste. Yeah, you've hung out with me so many times, you I don't was, have a choice. Yeah, exactly. I don't have a choice, and it was like you know, like twenty, you know, over twenty years ago when I had my bourbon incident. But yeah. Not yes. cool. So that's the reason I don't drink beer. Not because I have a vagina. But, but Let me conduct a poll. Okay, what's your poll? If you need to fucking have people throw a beach ball at you and use a novelty bat, can you call yourself a cricketer? Playing Whoa. for Auburn Cricket Club. The Eagles. Hmm. Maybe. Fucking. And what about his own club? Who I made such an accusation at Dan in retaliation to his quite uh, hurtful jibes. And uh, his own cricket club tweeted at me and said, he still wouldn't fucking hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Hash, put a bell in it. (laughs) Legends. (laughs) Um, Well loved, obviously. Tall Hayden said, uh, surely G. Burgess has to be the revelation. Absolutely massive form from nowhere. And he did actually reveal himself to everyone. I mean, he gets a gig just based on his cock pictures. Yeah, Wait, maybe. did I just say that out loud? Yeah, you did. Wait, I mean, he's had a great least, season. At least we like twenty minutes into the show when you did this thing. Instead of like thirty-five seconds. Yeah, real talk. Catwatch, episode six. Bernard JKD on Twitter uh, sends it through to us. Obviously, episode six after humiliation, pride has been restored with a eighteen th- thirty home loss versus the champions Leeds. Surprisingly, <laughs> it was chosen for TV too. Sour did very well, but ex-Ru Antonio Cafusi was immense and played almost the full 80. And uh, he goes on to say, I disagree with uh, Ree Sour. He's playing very well, just his teammates are mostly substandard. He has been live on TV four times in 5-2. Which so. is probably giving, giving the competition a little bit of exposure, which is good for the comp over there. Um, what about names you haven't even given a thought to for years now? Antonio Cafusi? Yeah. Carving up the English Super League. Yeah. When did he even fuck off over there? I can't. Even, oh, I was, it was a few years ago. I just yeah. don't. I just can't remember. But Had a good chat with uh, with Johnny uh, Saturday and, and Saturday night in regards to football in England. He's very keen for me to make a trip over there. Um, but he also laughed at me when I was shivering so badly when we left the uh, function on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, on Saturday night, went down to watch a local MMA event, and I left. And I left. How were those seats? They were magnificent. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, Who's your daddy? Who you looks are, after you? you are, Who keep, looks after you? You bounce me on your lap and I keep telling you, but you keep on asking. <laughs> um, it, we left and I'd left my jacket in the car and I it was fucking cold, or at least I thought it was, no, mainly it was. because I'm not from fucking Yorkshire, yeah. right? So if I was from Yorkshire, I would probably go, wow, what a balmy 11 degrees it is. Yeah. As I'm from Brisbane... It felt colder than that, though. I was fucking shivering my teeth were chattering and I thought John was going to wet his pants just laughing at you laughing 
<laughs> no concern for my well-being whatsoever. Then goes home to his hotel. Well, actually, doesn't even get to his hotel. Rings his wife on the phone just to tell her the story. Of how you were shivering. Of how I was shivering. <laughs> I mean... Oh, fantastic. But uh, he's keen to get me over there to uh, to a Bradford game when he um, goes with the Fat Dogs, the, yeah. uh, the Bradford supporter group. That would be a good atmosphere. Stand in the middle of them and... All I would suggest Insult is, them all and well, say, well, "Look at you singing for a substandard competition." All, all, all I would not suggest then, if uh, if we were to go for a game and watch Bradford, we'd probably have to do it really fucking quickly before they go broken and get knocked out. Oh, of the don't forever. be like that. I'm not. I'm, I'm, that, that's that's factual. I was talking to Johnny about the the current state um, when we all place on Saturday. Yeah, and it's fucking. It's just not good. No. It's not good. And you, and you, I mean, you, you've yeah, sort of been through that a little bit with the with West. Back but in what the day. do you do? Like fuck. What do you do? Like just got to stay what until if Bradford, death, man. If Bradford go broke, what does he do then? Like he's know, a passionate North, rugby league fan. Like what do North Sydney Bears fans do? Dashing Dan wasn't he a North Sydney Bears fan? No, he's gone to the years. No, he's a dickhead. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's a synonym of North Sydney Bears fan, right? <laughs> and Central Coast resident. Yeah, there's lots of yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, when your team dies, so what we want to hear from. It's Hunter Mariners fans. We want to hear from. Well, they just went back to the Knights. Yeah, well, yeah, we want to hear Crushers fans. We want to hear from, especially like, well, you know, West fans. I Glebe. guess. Yeah, <laughs> Newtown. Well, yeah. Annandale. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, what do you do? I mean, because like I know that you know when when Manly um you know had to go through Northern Eels things, I was like, look, I'll I'll try and support them, but they had Kamali and stuff in the side and everything, and so it, it was just great that the that. Yeah, you know, Manly supporters started chanting for Manly and everything like that pretty early on in the piece, and the wheels were set in motion where they're like, "Let's fuck these bears off," and you know, all ended well. But you know, I think if if Manly were to go under and and that was it, I think that'd probably be my interest in rugby league outside of Origins and maybe Test matches and stuff like that. I'd probably watch games if they're on. Would you host a rugby league podcast? No, probably not. Oh, how dare you? What the fuck would I do for a fucking Manly? Aren't going anywhere, mate. Riches, these Man, riches Man, that Manly. I get paid every year. Manly aren't going anywhere. Don't worry about it. It's not, we're talking about something that's never going to happen. What if I... It's not like West Tigers winning premiership. What happens to that? I'm like, oh, fucked fine. I'm not really going to waste time thinking about it because it's not really going to happen in my lifetime. So, make dragons look like fucking... <laughs> What's the opposite of a choker? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm trying to find something I can stab you with. Facebook feedback. Um, basically, the thing that came through on Facebook was a, a lot of talk about the drop goal from the Intrust Super Cup game between Wyndham and whoever it was. And it was a guy from Wyndham that kicked it. Now, everyone surely has seen it, this uh, this drop... The, uh, not drop goal, sorry, uh, drop out. Um, everyone's seen it, no doubt about it. I mean, the Wyndham guy gets it, drop out, goes like 70 metres on the fly, bounces on, and goes dead. <laughs> you see it? Fucking incredible. No, I haven't seen mate, it. Mate, incredible. Drop it, it goes 70 metres on the fly. It hits the ground either just before or just after the 30 meter line, and it's going dead. And the other guy gets it and he takes it over the dead ball line. Like that's how that, that's how long it takes him to reach it. The the, the backmost you know position person Jesus. from the opposition side. Fucking incredible. So they earned a drop out in return. <laughs> Fucking it's unbelievable. That, has that ever happened before? Oh, you know, I'm going to say yes because rugby league's been going on for a very long time. No doubt it has happened at some level. Mm. But interesting, it's a, it's a decent level for it but to happen. We've never seen a man that had previously had his penis chopped off streak at a rugby league game either until just recently. Yeah, that's true. But you know the video age and you know yeah. multiple camera angles and stuff like that. You know it allows <laughs> for things like this to happen. Um, email. So if you remember, we had our Fubar underscore eighty four tweet us um, the other week saying uh, mentioning that Trevor Cogger. Possibly coaches at uh, a local club. Good news. The great man himself coaches my hometown sides under-17s 
and is 100% confirmed by my friend's younger brother who used to play on him. Legend. I didn't believe him at first, so they gave me his mobile phone number and home address. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Serious? I only wanted to know if it was him, not stalked a bloke. Now, I could do one of a few things. One, let you guys know about this funny coincidence and we all go on living our lives. Two, I go bump into him at the footy oval and maybe ask for a fresh tale from the glory days of undefeated asterisk season past. Or three, get something signed for Glenn like a hash Tigers in decline shirt or a photo of him holding some tow bar testicles a la Cogger's golden nuts. Oh, I'm open to ideas if you'd like to put it to the listeners. Cheers and a great show. Keep up the good work, Gabe. P.S. Hash Auckland Blues in decline. So. Firstly, other than a couple of little bits there where he has fucking laid the slippers into me, what a fucking legend. What about <laughs> Cogger giving away a trophy? <laughs> Cogger's Golden Nuts Award. It'd be sensational. It would be sensational. We could get him on the show and say, TC, who gets this week's Cogger's Golden Nuts Award or this month's. <laughs> But what kind of feat would it require to like get Cogger's golden nuts? Um, rupturing a testicle and playing on. Oh, because that happens every week. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that'd be a pretty short segment. Uh, this week, guys, no one, because no one ruptured their nuts. <laughs> See you next week, bro, all right? And then next week. Next TC. And we go through a whole season where it's fucking unawarded. How's it going, guys? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Who got the award this week? No one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sayonara. So, yeah, it might have to be something different. You know, some different criteria, I think. Um, oh, what about someone just put in a great performance? Aaron Woods get every fucking week, unless it was Origin. <laughs> unless it was this season, because Aaron Woods won't be returning to the football field this season. Um, now, uh, Gavin, he emailed. Uh, he's emailed and passed uh, about stuff before. Oh, sorry. Can I just yeah, cut, sorry, just getting back to Gabe? Yeah. Maybe give t- give Cogger, great man, just give him the heads up about the show, getting a little bit of a profile. Maybe he wants to come on, have a bit of a chat. Yep. I know you got his phone number. You just said you have. Talk about his stellar, uh, stellar, you know, win loss ratio. <laughs> Another cog of facts. Yes. Oh, the stories he could regale us with. Tell us about Herbie Smales, the old <laughs> trainer. He used to drink at the Melton Hotel with the old man. He used to get us into the sheds when he used to sit on Rod Petherbridge's lap. And look at Trev Cogger's golden nuts when he was walking through the shower. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> So Gavin, uh, he's he's emailed um, and he directed me to a recent episode of the uh, More Stories podcast hosted by Jay Moore, and he had um, comedian Australian comedian Jim Jeffries as a guest. Now, um, Jim Jeffries is one of my favourite comedians. I fucking love the guy. Um, he's on he's on lots of podcasts as well. He's on like on Joe Rogan show and stuff like that. But he's especially funny on on More Stories because he's fu- he's just loose. He's telling a story about Ian Roberts, and the story came out the way he was telling it. I think Jim Jeffries, one of my favourite comedians, he's just gone to the top of the list because I think he's a Manly fan. Because he's talking about, um, oh, basically, God. Jay Moore had a has a sports talk radio show in the mornings and he was talking about um, when that basketball player from the NBA came out yeah, yeah a couple months ago. And um, and he, and he and Jay Moore was like, you know, giving him props and everything and saying he's like the first guy in, you know, professional sports or whatever to do this sort of thing. And uh, he's like, no, actually, Ian Roberts. And so he's texted Jay Moore while the show's gone. I go, Ian Roberts, Australia. I mean, this guy wasn't, you know, he, he was at the high, you know, play of Australia, New South Wales, you know, everything after he came out and everything. So he's saying, no, he's the fucking first. And then the way he's talking about it, he's like, you know, and how he idolized him and everything. Manly fan, has to be. But then he was saying, because he lives in LA, and he went to some place in, you know, in Hollywood who was just doing some shopping or whatever. And he sees this fucking massive dude coming his way. He's like, holy shit, it's Ian Roberts. <laughs> and um, he's over there as an actor. Oh right, and um, and Jim Jeffries has got his own his own sitcom now called Legit. It's, I think it's just starting up on the Comedy Channel, but um, 
Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's talking like he's, you know, Jim Jeffries is like fucking, he's Aussie as, and um, and he was talking an American accent. When he realised he's Aussie, he just said, "Oh, good, I can drop this fucking, I can drop the accent." So um, yeah, so he's having a chat and everything, and yeah, he's got his details and stuff, and he's like, you know, you, you get, when he re- realised he had a show, he's like, he's like, fuck, you know, get me on the show. So he's trying to write a part for him, like as a bouncer or something like that in the upcoming episode. Yeah, I've got a bit of a story about Ian Roberts. Yeah, um, I used to work with a guy that played, um, played for Balmain. Yep. And uh, in the Tim Brasher sort of era. Well, the Gary yeah. Jack fucking facial surgery era? No. After that? A bit after that. Yeah. Anyway, um, comes and tells me the story one day about, uh, I'm going to say it was a kangaroo tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, Terry Hill yeah. uh, was there. Tim Brasher obviously um, had regaled him with the tail, but uh, Terry Hill was rooming with Ian Roberts. Yeah. And uh, they'd all had a big night out. Um Ian Roberts had left earlier in the night and uh, uh, Brasher and, and Terry Hill and a few of the other boys were in the hotel in the corridor and they're all sort of fucking calling it calling it a night sort of thing. Terry Hill's said, oh, you know, good night, boys. Heads into his room. And the, the other guys sort of lingered, just chatting, fucking putting an end to the night, so to speak. Yeah. And a couple of minutes later, Terry comes bursting back out of the room <laughs> and says... At the top of his lungs, he's fucking some bloke in there. He is dead set fucking some bloke in there. <laughs> oh, I got a cough. <laughs> so uh, That's sensational. Let's just say uh, Ian Roberts' homosexuality didn't quite just come out when he finished his playing career. <laughs> well, no, it was, still, it was actually still during his career because um, I remember. I can remember when it happened because. I was uh, living in Japan at the time, and I remember my dad sent me this. This is before the fucking internet and everything. My dad sent me a fax. Oh wow! To the hotel uh, in the in the reception office, you know, telling me about it and like with newspaper clipping and stuff like that. So I remember what happened. So it would have been okay. So you're still playing. So the hotel, the, yeah, screen. the hotel, the hotel that I was at at the time, it would have been sometime between March. 90- hotel Tamagotchi. Uh, it would have been between March two thousand, uh, no, March ninety five and. November '95, it would have been between, and um, and you know he played, he played, he was involved in Super League and stuff like that, so he was definitely around, you know, for another couple of years after that point. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, it was, it's funny just to hear like a comedian, like an Australian, tell stories about him, like you know, to mm. an American who doesn't yeah. really know the sport, and he's like, oh, and this guy, you know, he was. He was a front. He was a front rower, and you know, in it's a yeah. He's a, he was a big cunt. You know, he's a smash cunt all the time. He's just like, talking like that. So it's, it's very funny. But um, and then I sort of emailed Gavin back and said, "Fucking you know, sensational. I really enjoyed it." Um, and he, he emailed back and he said, "Um, you also talked about grand final entertainment in the last show. I'm a big Chisel fan, so I like your cold Chisel idea. I'd like to nominate Pink, who's currently touring here. She could come out wearing a Sharks jersey, or better still, an Essendon singlet, and sing just like a pill." Given their dire financial state and their potential serious outcome of the Asada investigation, I'm very concerned about the future of the Sharks. So the Angels could come out after Pink and sing, am I ever going to see your face again? <laughs> could get a bit of crowd interaction anyway. Uh, yeah, and um, we were just talking about um, about uh, Benny, uh, Tiger, Tiger Benji on uh, on Twitter before. He sent us an email as well and said, uh, hey guys, I listened with interest at the story regarding Benji at Newcastle's interesting way of interacting with the fan base and it reminded me of another story from a few years back. Following the Raiders versus Tigers semi in 2010, i.e. the Jared Choker match, 
an acquaintance I knew through Tiger Circles was telling everyone he had a post-match incident with Laurie Daly and wanted to tell everyone and get it out there but didn't know the best avenue. I asked him for details out of interest and he emailed me and anyone else who wanted to know the story. It went along the lines of him and a bunch of other Tigers fans were celebrating just after the end of the match, still at Bruce Stadium, as the whole crowd was pouring out. They were approached by a few pissed blokes, the leader of which was none other than Laurie Daly. Laurie told them they were a bunch of wankers and they were going to get smashed by the Dragons next week because the Tigers are shit, etc, etc, while his drunk mate stood between the two groups, goading them on for a bit of push and shove. They laughed it off at first, but Laurie wouldn't let it go. Everything cooled down after a bit and they moved on, but this Tigers fan was pretty amazed at what happened and why Laurie's drunken behaviour. Later that week, I received a DVD recording of the game from a friend so I could watch the game back before we tackled the Dragons. The recorded copy was the Fox telecast, which carried their own commentary team. You may recall that Fox did this for finals matches rather than just replaying the Channel 9 telecast, which they do in regular season games. Who should be in the commentary box suited up and also sticking around to do the post-match wrap-up with an empty stadium as a background? Laurie Daly. Sometimes you can't believe everything you hear. If you want to hear any other interesting stories, I've got plenty to share, but they're all from 2005, 2010, and 2011, i.e. the years we weren't shit. <laughs> so, there you go. So, I guess he's saying, you know, that, uh, you know, Benji story, I guess, grain of salt. But, you know, when you see, you know, you've got the incident in the Maccas, you know, you got, you know, there's a number of Benji stories out there that all seem to paint a pretty uh, consistent picture of, uh, exactly. I like of his antisocial behaviour. I like Benny's, uh, you know, resilience to Passion defending defend, yeah. the great man. Yeah, still to this day. Because, I mean, he sends this email, you know, I think it was very possibly could have been... After, no, it wasn't after the weekend. It was probably it was probably before the, the game. So maybe, you know, had he sort of sat on it until Monday, maybe he wouldn't have been as inclined <laughs> to send an email defending Benji. But once again, thanks thanks for the feedback and everything. It's fucking awesome. Loving it. It's becoming a bigger and bigger section each week. But um, yeah. getting so many good stories and stuff out of guys. So yeah, keep them coming. Okay, time for a bit of clock. Uh, first story... Manly's future at Brookvale Oval boosted today with uh, Albanese, Albo, as Ruddy would call him, uh, making a $10 million pledge to upgrade the venue. Now, they need about $30 million, I think, to do everything they want to do, and, you know, they've got the plans and everything mapped out for. But apparently, this is going to go towards, um, you know, a new uh, Eastern Stand, which I believe, you know, Eastern Stand would probably be that, that sort of uh, prototype that they had, uh, you know, the, the plans drawn up where they had the hill and then the stand behind the hill that goes up from there. So, um I'd say that's it. Um, the thing is, obviously, with uh, Manly, uh, Tony Abbott, this Tony, Warringah is Tony Abbott's federal seat. It's like, must be what, close to one of the safest fucking seats in all of Australian politics. Um, very, like, you know, liberal, you know, oriented area. And uh, as a result, every year he um, he pledges to put all the money into to upgrade Brookvale. Never wins. Always wins his seat, but never wins government. So, you know, never can deliver on it. This year, you know, I say he's got every chance of actually winning and delivering on it. So this $10 million from the, the Rudd government, I'm not sure if it's like a, a, a bit of a vote buyer or something like that. Sure. Apparently it's going to happen whether they win or not. So it's just, it's, it's done. Um, I've got a, um, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I've got a bit of a solution. Win me a few vote, votes everywhere outside of Warringah. Yeah. For fucking $9.95, I've got a box of matches and a fucking tub of petrol and burn the fucking place to the ground. That's not very nice. Wouldn't that get some votes? No, not really. Preferably full of manly fucking fans too, just quietly. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this will obviously you know throw a bit of a spanner in uh, 
Todd Greenberg's plans to uh, you know get all the traditional clubs to play out of the SFS or ANZ. Mm. So um, fuck you, Baldy. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Fuck me too. But okay. Um, um. Just just on yeah, that. Yeah. Um. What's parking life for Brookvale? I don't remember every time I've been there, we've fucking walked there, but it's not amazing. But there is like sort of street parking around. Yeah. See, it's the same as Leichhardt. You can't park anywhere. Yeah. The tra- and the transport's not that amazing there either, because if you want to get to the um, you know, like it's probably six k's from like the Corso where you know you can get a ferry yeah. there and because you look at so. skilled, right? Yeah. Fucking shit place to get to, but now like you can catch a train. Yeah, at it's least just, it has it's just, that. It's just inconvenient. Like if you want to yeah, drive there, you got to park at Rabina, and the shopping centre doesn't like you parking there yeah. for the footy. And we got to park in the rang station, catch a train, yeah. one stop like we do. Exactly park right. Parking rides. Yeah. It just um, you look at Leichhardt. There's there's no facility for that. You can't put a train line in there, and the ground is 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 a magnificent magnificent spectacle when it's full of people. Tigers are playing there and it's a great atmosphere, but oh, I, I love the place, but the the actual, the facility itself, it's fucking, it was dated in 1980, uh, yeah. 1989, yeah. let alone in 2013. Yeah. Um, even with all the money spent on it, you're not going to, people still want to drive to the game and, yeah. and you can't, if you can't cater to that, it's going to make it hard. Yeah, I mean, there's, there seems to be... I love the suburban ground. Yeah. I think we should, you know, encourage it more than discourage it. But from pure biz, biz, big business perspective, which is what the NRL is becoming, yeah. um, you know, you can see the, the fiscal sense in playing out of the biggest stadiums, but it does take that tribalism aspect out. Yeah, like I put the, the only time I've ever driven to Brookie, I've I parked uh, like probably two, two or three streets away. So not very far, not very far on on the street, and that's fine. And I imagine you know you get there early, you know, if you're rocking up for first grade. And then how do the locals feel about that? Like mainly yeah. people are traditionally whiny cunts. Oh, well, so how they, do they feel about people parking there? They love their they love their fucking their, their super successful football club. Yeah, and they don't like people parking program. on their fucking lawn. And the other times, the other times I go there, damaging their usually, hydrangeas. Usually, I have a hotel or something like that. So yeah. usually, like that hotel we stayed at the 2011 grand final. Normally, um, I'll stay there, and what we'll do is just get a cab, and I'll just I'll just give the get the business card off the cabbie and say, look, I'm going to call you. You know, when the game's you know sort of ten minutes away from yeah. you know, being done with, and you know, come meet me right here where you let us out, and yeah, that works as well. But um, yeah, I mean, transport is a bit of a pain in the ass. And um, one time I actually walked back to Manly from it's like it's like only about six k. So if you're drunk, it's not really an issue. Yeah, but um, it was a decent walk that night. We after the grand final from Brookvale. Yeah, but we didn't. We, we didn't. We only walked like the Mimos and then got a cab, didn't we? Yeah, when it started to rain, I started yeah. to become a sook. Yeah, and See, I finished my pizza. Yeah, sitting under a bus shelter. Yeah, because we're super classy. Good fucking times. What a great day. Yeah, um, Benchy to sign for the Auckland Blues. Yes. How about that? Oh, for me, for me, it's real. So I'll, I'll get mine out of the way quick because it's very quick. Um, it's rugby. Who fucking cares? The end. Benji's been playing shit. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Go fuck yourself. Get out of here. Go get humbled in rugby. And fuck I think the, um, the end. As usual, I'm a bit bipolar, so I probably split into two camps. Um, Part of me is appreciative for the profile that, that Benji has given to the club and um, and a lot of the good things he's done on the field. And, um, you know, unfortunately things haven't worked out where he's going to finish his career there. But um, I do I do want to see him do do well at rugby. I don't think he's going to be an all-black, and I think that's a that's a whole load of hyperbole, Nathan, is what yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's going around this week. I just, um, I, you know, I hope he does well, but... 
I would hope also that there is some semblance of, of loyalty to the Tigers. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what the Tigers should have done for Benji or what the NRL should have done for Benji. But what about the club that stood by a young kid that had five shoulder reconstructions? Exactly. Fuck him. Either. They owe him you know? nothing. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's five weeks left in the season. or um, And the way, he, and we'll, we'll get to it again in the recap, but the way he played on Sunday... He quit on. He's quit on the club. He's quit on mm-hmm. the fans, mm-hmm. and a lot of these fans are still jumping his to to his defence. Yeah, you can, his performance, and he wasn't alone, quite frankly. But he's a the biggest name yep. in the team. B the amount of fucking bullshit that's been written and talked about over him in the last month or so. Wouldn't you want to get out there and and play your best and show, yep. um, not only the fans that are fucking idolised you for so many years but also your, your next employer wouldn't yep. you want to show them what they've got coming yep um, you know if if his manager put together a highlights tape of you know to show the Auckland Blues what they were getting in Benji Marshall would there, sepia because he's from fucking 2005 would, would there be anything from fucking 2012 2013 no. seasons no would there be anything no not a you thing. know it's really um you know, I do hope he does well. I do appreciate, and I know that Benji has brought a profile to the Tigers and given them a bit of a swagger. Um, and people have paid attention to them when they probably had no real reason to because of his presence in the club. Um, and sometimes that's for better and worse. But um, I hope, you know, speaking strictly of his legacy, I think he's already fucked it. Basically, yeah, the way fans are talking now. Um, I think he's already fucked his legacy, but it'd be nice to see him go out with, you know, some solid games to finish his time there. You know, he's going to lead the club out now. Yep. He's going to lead the club out, and he's going to lead the team out on his 200th game not in, in not too many weeks. Yeah, I and think what he needs another four he, games. Does he deserve that privilege? No. You know, at no. the way he's playing at the moment, and certainly the way that he's handled himself on and off the field during this whole um, scenario, and I'm not saying the Tigers have been angels in that either. They've had to play a bit of hardball along the way, and, and that's their, their call. But, um, you know, it's a fucking privilege to lead your club out mm-hmm. and to play 200 games for that club. It's a privilege. Don't fucking treat it like it's something it's a chore and you've got to do it because, yeah, well, these bunch of cunts... If it was fucking, my say... You know? If it was my say... I would purposely, spitefully fucking drop him right now or leave it to 199 and then drop him mm. because fuck him. That I, I would, Seriously, if I was a Tigers fan, I would be fucking furious about his conduct. Yeah, I was so his disappointed. I was so disappointed on Sunday to watch. And again, he wasn't alone. I'm not singling him out. But, you know, if there's a guy that can inspire a team to actually rally around and play, you know, play well, yep. if Benji does a couple of good things, they get on a roll... He can pump him up. And Robbie went off hurt. Yep. And, Fell and squarely on his shoulders. And they fucking wilted yep. um, dramatically. And that's that's not the sign of someone that, you know, that gives a fuck about the fans that have supported him for his entire time at the club and his whole career. Yep, exactly. Um, and finally, just quickly, Jared Hayne returns after eight weeks on the sideline with a uh, torn hamstring. Uh, which coincides, you know, with the majority of a ten-game losing streak for the Eels. Um, I think it's the equivalent of um, a, a Formula One or a motorsport team putting a car out there after 
having a, a big shunt or or having a you know, a major failure, getting into the pits, patching them up and letting them run around just for sponsors' benefit, um, getting their sponsors some airtime. I think uh, you know this is probably a way of getting a little bit of attention to Parramatta when they've got no right to receive any, and um, I don't think it's going to help their cause. We'll see about the preview for the Jeff game. Far gone. <laughs> Sorry. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see about the preview for the game, but uh, you know, obviously, a big game this weekend. For Jared, and a very timely return, but we'll get to that later. Exactly. Now, the main stuff. Um, I mean, the fans will obviously be, you know, they haven't had a lot to cheer about, so um, yeah. if it's one thing you give Jared Hayne, even when his teammates are playing absolute shit, um, he does have, you know, that odd, brilliant play in him, even if the power are, are going hopeless, which they are at the moment, um, yeah. he can put something on out of nothing. Okay, so moving on to uh, the main stuff, Asada, and um, this is news that just sort of broke a couple of hours ago. The Asada investigation has taken a dramatic twist with customs officials temporarily seizing the phone of Sharks skipper Paul Gallen at Sydney Airport on Sunday. Gallen was stopped by border protection agents while passing through a customs check as the team returned from their victory in Auckland the previous day. According to well-placed sources at Cronulla, Gallen's mobile phone was taken for a short period before being returned to the player. He's one of 11 Sharks players who've received interview notices from Asada. As part of its investigation, the government body has been examining text messages sent between players, club officials and other figures. He last week saw separate legal representation from his teammates, all of whom will be questioned over the club's 2011 supplement program. The interviews with Shark players began today. A Cronulla spokesman confirmed Gallon was subjected to a more rigorous, in quotes, search from customs, which held up the team bus. So. Who was the brave customs officer that cavity searched Paul Gallon? I'd like to interview them on the show. They, if they, if if they're they still alive. If they commandeered his phone, I don't think they had to cavity search him to get it. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't carry it up his ass. Well, it's Paul Gallon, how <laughs> would you puts, know? Probably does all put, sorts of crazy shit. Probably puts it in his pocket like everyone else, you know? You said he was could be subjected was subjected to more rigorous search. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean body cavity search. Just saying. Things are fucking getting desperate in Asada. They're trying to find peptides. Um, did they give his there. phone back quickly because they found some naked photos of Ben Pomeroy in there? <laughs> he's got freckles on his penis what do you think I, no I don't think I, 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 not, not, in, not once in my entire fucking life have I ever had anything remotely resembling that fucking thought no no right. I don't just, just, pop, just curious just popped in my head right then you're, 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 I haven't dwelled on it you're, you're fucking, you're, uh, your area of interest has just expanded massively <laughs> over this season it's crazy pardon the pun um, but there's also there's uh, the, the 14 players from Cronulla who are part of the alleged systemic re- regime performance enhancing peptides now some of the other names have come out and, um, why is this a story do we the, the club that's under scrutiny yeah for having systematically fucking used performance enhancing drugs yeah has never fucking won anything yeah, well, Why is right. it a story? They should be pumping this up and saying, hey, drugs don't the drugs work. Don't work. <laughs> exactly. But the Verve said so. We've got uh we got some other uh players that have been named. And it's weird, um, they've got I don't have the full list of me. Oh yeah, there it is. Watmo, Chock, Brett Stewart, Darcy Lussick, Dean Farre, and who are the other ones? Ah, oh, here we go. Um Wes Nagama. Where's the karma? Yeah, Shandor Earl. Of course. Uh, Kate Snowden, Jeremy Smith, Luke Douglas, and Albert Kelly. Wow. So, a lot of, so, so a lot of those guys aren't even, <laughs> weren't even playing really around that time. I mean, Luke Douglas makes a lot of sense. Kate Snowden, they both came from Cronulla. That's Jeremy Smith as well. So that's probably... And Albert Kelly. 
Yeah, Albert Kelly. I mean, you can't. I mean, what's his peptide fucking situation? Certainly didn't help and, him catch bombs. And he was the reason he left and, Cronulla. And it felt like he was only at Cronulla for like three minutes anyway. And then he, you know, bobbed up here and there, and you know, wherever else he then end up at the Titans ultimately for you know a period of time that's actually measurable. So it's interesting. So um. What do we got here? Uh, what else in this article here? Um, and there's also one player required from the Cowboys, North Queensland Cowboys as well, but they don't name that person here as well, uh, there as well. And um, and they're saying that um, Glenn Hall, ex Manly. It'd have to, it ha- well, it'd have to be Glenn Hall. But when did he leave Manly? He left in about 2010, was it? Or did he leave after? Yeah, he was there in 2009, 2010, maybe. 2011 was he there? I don't, th- I don't think so. I'm trying to, I don't think he was because. He was at the Cowboys last year, and he spent time in England for at least a year in England. Then, so okay. I say he left at the end of two thousand ten. So, um, but yeah, it would make sense. I mean, if he was around, I mean, he was he was around in two thousand and nine. Was that Steve, the Danks era? Don't know, but um, it's just crazy. But uh, now, yeah, Asada have got new uh, new laws that have been passed. They so they can demand that athletes produce telephone records, text messages, credit card receipts, and emails if required, and. Uh, Individuals, if they uh, fail to comply, they can be hit with a fine of $5,100 per day. Meaning, if they fail to report for an interview for a month, it costs them in excess of 150 grand. So, um, then you've got uh, Jeff Toovey and uh, Donnie Singe have also been uh, issued interview notices, as has uh, Des Hasler. And uh, all those guys say that the programs at Seagulls were all above board. And also, um, two members of Hasler's support staff at the Dogs, Kelly Egan and Clayton Kearney, must also report for Asada interviews and are both at, uh, at Manly when Hasler was the coach. So, um, and then it says here that recent correspondence from Asada Director of Intelligence and Investigations, Paul Simonson, stated Hasler and Egan were not wanted for questioning in relation to anti-doping rule violations. So what's that all about? Strange. Very, very strange. I wish, I don't even care about it anymore. I just wish that they would just fucking get it over with either way yeah that's what I said the other week <sighs> just put an end to it yep. players need to be suspended Do get it. it out there get them out there you've obviously got enough evidence stop fucking around well this is the thing if they did have enough evidence players would already be serving suspensions the problem is they're trying they've got to try and fish get someone to turn over and, you know. I don't know it seems like they're just dragging it out until the season's over but we said that last year I guess yeah but this is, this is the thing if they if they had enough evidence to um to suspend anyone they would have because why, why wouldn't why wouldn't they have, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it's the fact that they've got you know suspicion, but no, you know no evidence or not enough evidence that's you know causing the problem. I think, and that's why they try and need to you know need to assemble more of it. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, Blake Ferguson will make his first uh, his his first top grade appearance since being stood down by the NRL following his uh, drinking session and uh, bowling session with uh, Josh Dugan. So uh, he'll line up in the centres, and it's the only change for the Raiders, who obviously suffered a massive feat, in fact, the biggest of their existence last weekend. And uh, so Jack White moves out to the ring, and Reese Robinson is named the 18th man. Now, I wouldn't really th- you know, think that Reese Robinson's you know, the scapegoat, but, you know, whatever. Ferguson hasn't played since June 15th against Penrith, and um, he was charged with assault as a result of an incident involving a female patron at, the, at a Cronulla night spot. Uh, with the matter still before the courts. The NRL cleared him to resume playing two weeks ago, but Canberra coach uh, David Ferner resisted the temptation to tinker with a winning side and sent Ferguson to play with the Mounties in the New South Wales Cup. But the record-breaking loss left Ferner with little choice but to recall his strike weapon for Saturday night's meeting with the Sydney Roosters, with the Raiders clinging to seventh spot on the ladder. 
Oh, well, given the Raiders' performance last week, you, you, you'd have to imagine that he would bring him back into the side. And um, having been cleared to play in the, for the interim by the NRL, you, you can't really begrudge him putting him in there. And you know, I guess we we let the legal proceedings take their course and see how how that's affecting him on the field, if at all. So um, I, I would imagine he'd probably, having been staying with Anthony Mundine, he would have developed the uh, the mental capacity to uh, to be able to put those sort of things aside um, and, uh, you know, become a mentally tough player. Yeah. Because, you know, Anthony Mundine's what he instills in people. Yeah, well, look, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, he seems like he's uh, he's done everything right to make his way back. I mean, you know, this, this case could still fuck him up, you know, down the road, but, um, you know, the Canberra Raiders really need him at this point. I mean, they, even when they were winning, they still, you know, he was still their, you know, pretty much their best player. So. Got to give Ferner credit for not rushing him back into the side straight up. He's certainly given it like he's done his part from even from a PR perspective in terms of made it appear like he hasn't you know he's made him serve penance mm. two more weeks in the NRL required. Yeah, more than I can say for some clubs, North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with uh, zero punishment. Um, next one, the uh, All Stars uh, might not be killed. But uh, there's going to be an overhaul for the preseason in 2014, and they could scrap the uh, the NRL Indigenous All Stars concept and introduce a Super Nines tournament in New Zealand. So they're saying that because of the World Cup, um, it'll place pressure on the All Stars match, which will be played j- just over two months after the World Cup final on uh, November 30. So the series conserve a player burnout following the World Cup features heavily through a 14-page document sent to all 16 clubs ahead of Monday CEO conference at League Central, and the document explains how the NRL has agreed with the Players Association to under to take research into a possible impact of the World Cup on the 2014 preseason with a focus on the All-Stars match. So there are three options surrounding All-Stars with the 16 CEOs, including postponing the All-Stars for a year, gaining a commitment to the All-Stars from the game's best players, including uh, JT Cameron Smith and Greg Inglis, sacrificing the credibility of the concept by keeping the All-Stars concept but without the best players involved. Well, you couldn't have an All-Stars game without All-Stars. They did last year, this year year before there's always players it's always like oh, the yeah, second it's or always... third string guy that, you know from a club the, the for starters but still you do get you know a lot of the best players playing you do get you get some but I mean you get a lot of them pulling out too especially ones like you know like Storm players mm. you know because they had the World Club Challenge and they had you know, the grand final that. so um, and so I think the, the fact that like they make it so I understand why they want a player voted from each side in each each side but that doesn't mean it's the best, te- you know. Sure. You've got to get the best players. And, you know, if, and if Parramatta miss out, tough shit. If Tigers well, miss you'd out, have tough other shit. Than Jared Hayne, geez, you'd struggle to pick someone from Parra. Yeah, well, yeah, you would struggle. Yeah, other than, yeah, that's right. But I mean, Jared Hayne, I mean, you think Billy Slater would go ahead. Yeah, Hayne, yeah. I get what you're calling. But I mean, as far as picking two players from each side. That's the thing. I want, I'd rather see the best Indigenous players and the best. All-star players. Jared Hayne would have to be in there somewhere, surely. Or maybe put him on a wing, like Origin Styles or something. But yeah, then again, you know, there's probably some fantastic fucking wingers in the house exactly. as well. So, so yeah. Um, David Nofaluma. Yeah, yeah, not him. He wouldn't be close. What about I just went somersaulted off my chair then? Yeah, it's funny. The chair only goes back a certain distance and you and you always shit yourself like you're going to fly off the back. Yeah. It wouldn't. It doesn't go any further than what it is now. Really? Yeah. He'll stop I'm scared. It's a scary chair. Do you want me to hold you? No. Good. Thanks. 
Okay. <laughs> and now the the nines, I mean, that's something proposed for the weekend of the 15th and 16th of February and it held at Eden Park, the home of Rugby Union in New Zealand. And um, basically there's a lot, I don't want to get into all the stuff in there, but it'll basically be the 16 NRL clubs divided randomly into four pools of four teams. Um, matches played nine-minute halves. Uh, teams played two matches on February 15th with the next tape featuring a final pool game followed by knockout finals. And uh, so team a team that goes all the way through to the final will compete in a total of six 18-minute matches over the weekend. I reckon they could probably handle that. Yeah, easily. easily. And there's some good things in there as well, like saying that, you know, uh, clubs must have um, 75% of their squad must be made up of players from the top 25 squad list and every player selected for the to- in the squad has to play at least a match, one match in the tournament. Um, and at least one player from each club's top five list based on the salary cap for 2014 must also be included in the ninth squad. And then there's an expectation on players to be uh, committed to promotional activity and stuff like that as well. So, Well, if they didn't put those sort of clauses in there, it would be a pretty Mickey Mouse fucking tournament that no one would be interested in. We look at the rugby ones as well. I mean, like, you know, like Australia sent a team over and you haven't heard of any of the guys. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that they probably want to avoid that. But, you know, it's nines as well. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't, it's, it's attack oriented as well. You just want to, you pick your fastest players. Yeah. And just go for it. Um, moving on anyway, um, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. I'd, I'd probably prefer to see like a nines tournament over, over the all-star concept, to be honest. I mean, I really loved it when they had the sevens back in the day. Yeah. That was awesome. And, you know, and you know, not you know, not least because Manly you know, used to do really well at it and win it. Well, West Tigers are the reigning sevens premiers. West Tigers. 2004. Did we do it that recently? Yeah. Crazy. It feels like it's fucking so long Captain ago. Captain by Darren Sanner. <laughs> Jesus. Cool. Who, according to the same person uh, that I used to work with, yeah. Darren Sanner has a chest like a bum. What does that mean? Like definition of his pecs? So he's got, like he's got a chest. massive chest, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he's right up your alley then. I don't know what you're trying to say there, Nathan. Well, you know, you always talk about, you know, Hino and, you know, how you know, chiseled he is and... I don't know, Hino's got a chest like a bum. This is going to a dark place. Can we move on? <laughs> Mick Potter. Uh, Coach of the year. Or, conversely, this. Sacked. <laughs> West, <laughs> West Tigers chairman Mike Bailey said he isn't sharpening any knives in quotes for Mick Potter. But he confirmed the future of the embattled coach would be reviewed before the end of the season. The Tigers are languishing only above Parramatta, their opponents on Friday night on the Premiership ladder in another disappointing season for the JV club. It's understood several board members are pushing for a change of coach, despite the fact Tim Sheens is still on the payroll after being sacked last year. It's been a difficult NRL coaching initiation for Potter, who with injuries and speculation about his relationship with playmaker Benji Marshall among the challenges in his first season in charge. The Tigers are reluctant to pay out another coaching contract, although the cost would be much less than parting company with Sheens. It is understood that under-20s coach Todd Payton, New South Wales assistant Trent Barrett, Eels assistant Matt Parrish and Melbourne assistant David Kidwell have some support to take over. It's understood directors would need to endorse any change unanimously, but the matter has not been broached at board level. We will look at that as the season moves on, as would any team, given our season wouldn't be as successful as we'd hoped. At this stage, I'm certainly not sharpening any knives, and I'd hope our players and administrators would be giving Mick the respect he should have. It hasn't been discussed by us at board level. Mick Potter is a resilient man. That just sounds like he's fucking gone ski, really, doesn't it, when you read between the lines? But the thing is, the amount he's been through this year with injuries, the Benji thing, 
the fact that Side hasn't been performing all the rest of it, I think he's kept himself to, together pretty well. Oh, yeah, but I mean, the, team, the side not performing, I mean, he's got to take ownership of that as a coach. Well, in part, I get, I get where the, you're coming the from. The stops always stops with the coach. Oh, sure, but... The Benji stuff he probably couldn't have avoided. One season. can't help, but... One season after the whole Sheen's debacle. Yeah. Really, is that all you're going to give him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he's given opportunities to Simona and Nofaluma. You can't begrudge, you know, Suaso, Sue, Suyu Manifanai, all these guys... Um, obviously Tedesco was, was the fullback that was planned for last year and unfortunately got injured but you know he's given these kids an opportunity um, and you wouldn't say that they've been horrible you know as bad, bad as the season's gone you'd, you'd say those kids have been shining light and they wouldn't have got a shot without Potter being coached so um, I think it's harsh I don't think I'd rather see him stay on I think whoever was the coach would have been using those kids Injuries basically force the hand. I don't think that's a Potter thing. He's just done what he was forced to by injuries to players in the positions that, you know, they turned out to play in. Yeah. I'll probably give him more credit than you. Yeah, probably. But I mean, like, second last is, you know, it's not really worth credit. It's terrible. I probably would have sacked him four weeks ago. And maybe you could have avoided this, you know, this... Fuck, mate. You look at the roster that we've had. um... Mate, you've got to play with the players you've got. Exactly, and that's what Pen- he's been doing. Penrith are doing it better than yeah, you guys. Yeah, I, I don't think. Um, I think the Benji thing's been too much of a distraction, um, and the fact that the Tigers do probably need Benji Marshall to perform of, of a level that, that's slightly above a fucking corpse um, <laughs> in order to win games. <laughs> that's true. It's hard to um, lay the blame fairly and squarely at, at Mick Potter's feet solely. Yeah, yeah. There are a number of areas. My point is, there are a number of areas where he needs to take ownership of. Sure. But, um, you know, there's been been some mitigating factors as well. And I think, you know, sacking a guy on his first season, given the injuries and stuff, that's a bit ridiculous. Mm. I mean, you know, next season, by all means, sack the shit out of him. Fuck, he had the balls to drop Benji too. Yep. Well, yeah, once. He should have had the balls to drop him completely out of the side. Well, who do you replace him with? Yeah, I get. I guess... I'd replace him with a fucking corpse. Well... Replace him with fucking anyone, a prop forward. (laughs) <laughs> Someone, whoever you're allowed to under your current second tier salary cap put that no fucking one if we in. were if we were allowed to replace him with anyone out of the second tier cap Brooks would be in there and I'll imagine Benji, Benji would have been dropped yeah so. and that's what they say and they're like oh we do yeah we do it but you know this whole second tier salary cap thing is an issue for us and then the NRL says hang on a minute we've received no fucking application whatsoever for any dispensation on second tier salary cap you haven't even you don't even have a problem with it because you haven't even fucking asked us yet so don't go saying don't go blaming us for not dumping Benji well you never haven't know. even tried it so it might still happen hopefully it does hopefully it does um, and just finally on the news uh, Milford Anthony Milford he requested a release from the final year of his contract earlier this week and uh, the Raiders they released a statement um, saying that uh well, but the story is his father is ill and he lives up here in Brisbane. And uh, if he's released from Canberra, he'll probably end up at the Broncos. He's contracted with Canberra until the end of next year, but has a get-out clause in his contract specifically relating to family illness. But he needs consent from the Raiders' management to activate it. And uh, David Ferner wants him to concentrate on football because Canberra obviously on the fringe of the eight and, you know, in a danger zone there. And um, 
And the Raiders chief executive, Don Ferner, confirmed that uh, his manager, Ayub, had requested a release, but he said the Raiders would wait until the end of the season before discussing his future. We always treat welfare issues with our players seriously, and we will meet with Anthony and his manager at the end of the year to avoid distraction as the team prepares for the remaining games of the season and a bid for the finals. We want Anthony here with us at the Raiders long term, and we're doing all we can to keep him at the club, and Anthony's welfare is of the utmost importance to us. Decent player. I don't know about this homesick stuff. What is it with fucking Queenslanders? Using this homesick shit to get out of contracts. If it wasn't late, we could fucking string together a thousand fucking names for that list. But we're not going to. Um, Justin Hodges, Milford, Ben Hannon, fucking who else? That's just, you know, without thinking head, about it that's all. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, or... <sighs> He's rough for you. You know, you probably need to take into account, I guess, um, certainly the the couple of young kids um, this year that have had, um, you know, issues with depression and and have unfortunately taken their lives. But um, they obviously, as they're saying, they're being very careful with the situation, taking the players' welfare into account. But um, I don't know that any young player gets to the to the age of sort of 14, 15, 16 and and is thinking along the lines of I'm just going to play for my hometown club forever. Yeah. That's the club that's going to sign me, scout me, sign me, give me a career, sign me to a contract, done deal. Yeah. You obviously get get to a point where you're being scouted by different clubs, etc., and and a kid with the talent of Milford would have been fairly highly sought after. Yeah. And Maybe the Broncos were part of that, maybe they weren't. But the fact remains that he saw an opportunity to um, sign a contract with Canberra and, and come up through the ranks there and, and make first grade. Yep. And once he's made first grade, he's homesick. He wants to go back to the Broncos. Or yep. he wants to go to the Broncos. Yep. And the fact that they've shown interest in taking not, him if he was the... Sure, and it's, it's not like the fact that, you know, if he's been offered a contract by the Raiders, that it would involve living in Canberra. I mean, that shouldn't come as a shock to anyone. No, no, I mean... It's a hell of a commute. They've been uh, the Canberra Raiders for as uh, long as they've been the Canberra Raiders. Exactly right. You know, so... Um, I just just don't really see that, you know, you couldn't be prepared for that, basically. Um, And, I mean, like the homesickness thing, obviously, his father's only just taken ill, and that's why. But you know what? I'm pretty sure that many, many, many players... Have had issues with you know sure. sick, sick you know wife dog father mother whatever, and not had to uproot and shift their entire football career yeah around that fact. Um, yeah, I, I don't agree with it. I, I probably think that Canberra are taking the the same sort of line that I would take um, if I was in their position. So it's hard to hate on them too much, especially Canberra, because so, how many juniors are there? You know, exactly. You know, with and that's probably why they are. Like yeah. yeah, and that's probably why they are. They, they don't want to let another one slip through their fingers. But um, you know, they obviously need to be very careful as it gets to a certain point. And and um, we have another statistic on our hands. I'm not saying it, it's that drastic at this stage of the game, but you know, these things tend to snowball. So um, if he does feel um, isolated and removed from his family, then one thing leads to another, but um, they need to handle it properly and, um, you know, with, with it taking everyone's best interests into account and uh, let's hope it's resolved quickly. I know Broncos fans would be looking forward to seeing him go there. Yeah, exactly. They've, they've sort of 
lacking they're, attacking options. Well, they're, they're just they're just thoroughly desperate, and they'll take anything, you know, no matter how unethical, you know, the the method by which they lob up on their front door. Caps for round what was 21 of the NRL season, and we kicked off our Friday night football, and it was the Newcastle Knights 18 drawing the Brisbane Broncos 18 down there at our Hunter 16,486. The crowd Knights their 18 points came from tries to Zane Tedavano. Joey Leilua, Bo Scott, and Akawila Uwate Pate. The conversions, one conversion for Tyrone Roberts. And uh, one from two for him, and then Gower missed with his two, and especially a crucial spray at the end where he uh, had the opportunity to win the game for them. And the Broncos, 18, uh, tries to Hodges, Corey Parker, and Jack Reed. Scott Prince, three from three. What a performance from Ben Hunt at halfback for the Broncos. Um, I said earlier this year that... Um, he changes the dynamic of their side when he was coming off the bench and playing a bit of hooker. Um, fuck me, Ed. He's the best hooker and the best halfback in the club. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely the best halfback in the club. No he was untouchable. That. Yep. I haven't seen Peter Wallace do any of those things that Ben Hunt did on Friday night. Yeah, and and ever. I remember when Peter Wallace was like a creative, awesome player and that back at Penrith and then he signed for Broncos. And, he know. wasn't, though. He was the same player at Penrith that he is at the Broncos. No, he used, to, he used to put points on and shit and, and he was looking like, you know, oh, this guy's going to be the fucking, you know, the next whatever. I don't think he was ever going to be I remember he kicked a field goal to, to beat the Broncos and that was, yeah. what I thought, what got him the contract. That was around about the time, wasn't it? Mm. Um, Pretty sad story, this game for the Broncos. They put in all the effort um, and looked to have the game in their keeping. Yep. Um, you know, I think they led 18-10 with about 10 minutes to go. Um, and unfortunately, 10 minutes was all it took to let it slip. And um, and the Knights uh, were back in the contest, went to Golden Point, And that Golden Point period was probably the worst display of kicking I've ever seen. Worst 10 minutes of rugby league I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. But I, I haven't seen two, like I haven't seen players conduct kicking worse ever. And I support a team that contains Benji Marshall. And that's yep. fucking saying something. It was just the most. It was the, it, and it wasn't just the kicking though. It was completely fucking inept from mm. start to finish, and it ended in the most comical way where um, the Knights wanted to have like a last a last spray, and so they started I think about on their own forty, on the defensive side of halfway, and they spun it out to you know, I think the out on the, on the left, and then he's just tried. He's sort of ran out to the left and gone. No, I'm going to go back inside. Then he's tried to throw a stupid pass and got intercepted, and then the Broncos. I think Hodges was the one that ended up with it. And he could have you know, kicked it ahead and just made it a foot race. He had a couple of guys in support, but sure. ultimately had nothing. Knock-ons galore, you know, six knock-ons each way. Blow the whistle and put an end to this miserable fucking game. But, um, you know, I think the Knights, Knights were probably the better team overall. And, gee, they had the best chances too in extra time as well. Sure. I mean, they, they worked their way up with some great chances. That, well, there know, was one set in particular where they, they rucked, the ball, you know, 20, 30 metres out from... Craig Gower making a massive and, break down the right-hand side, sure. you know, netted him about 30 metres and put him right in the attack. And uh, just yeah. looked to just be completely clueless as to how to close it out. Yep, yep. Yeah, guys, if you can't kick field goals, I've got a fucking unique uh, suggestion that, you know, maybe maybe Benny's told you this before, but go for a try. Yeah. You scored four of them in the game, you know how to get across the line. But... um. 
Yeah, I mean, this, 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 you know, with these golden point games, they're kind of exciting because of the closeness to the score and the and the sudden death nature of you know how every play could you know like you drop the ball that could be the game you know you have a good break that could be you know win you the game you know so there's kind of inbuilt excitement you know based around that but it was poor quality low low quality especially the extra time um, and now we've got returning Jacoby Nelson. Wow. He's been silent for a couple of weeks now, but he's back and he's uh, he's come out with a bang. He's opening salvo. I'm putting it to you this week in league that Darius Boyd is the most miserable cunt currently playing in the NRL. Hash bar none. I'd ordinarily agree with that assessment, yeah. but um, at the moment I think Benji Marshall's probably more so. <laughs> Darius think, Boyd is a douchebag. He is fucking, he is absolute shocker. He'd be fullback of the douchebag all-stars. You'd have Sant- oh, probably Shandor, captain as well. Shandor Earl on one wing. Blake Ferguson in the centres. Yep. Um, you have to find a spot for Dugan too. Dugan would be F- he'd have to be in the oh Boyd can go to the wing. Dugan yep. at fullback. Yep. <sighs> Fucking hell. Who else? Chris Anderson. Anderson at hooker. Anderson hooker. Undoubtedly. Yep. Co captain. James Tamau. Prop. Yep. Yeah. Who's the other prop be? You need there needs to be a real fucking piece of work. God, prop it can't be too hard to find a prop. Like Russell Packer or something, maybe. Yeah, Russell yeah. Packer, the other prop. Yeah. Um Greg Bird at lock. Yeah, Gallon would probably be in the back row as well. He's not a douchebag. But he was. Remember Upstanding he, member of society. Yeah, remember when he like pull open old mate's Yeah, remember when the West Tigers won the premiership? Yeah, yes, living in the past. Yeah, exactly. But he just, it was only last year when he donkey kicked, was it Bo Henry? Donkey kicked in the head. No, nah, that was fucking two seasons ago. Was it? Paul Gallon's been a fine upstanding member of the, okay. uh, other than the whole drug thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he may come back. <laughs> <laughs> douchebag All-Stars. Douchebag All-Stars. I'd like to see people yeah. have a crack at that. Yeah, throw, throw some names in there as well. Justin Hodges would be in the centres, wouldn't he? He'd be the yeah, other centre. You have to be the other centre, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Halves though. Sandow, would he be the halfback? Is there someone Jamie Soward? He have to be the five. Oh, Jamie Soward. He's got to be a fucking walk up start. <laughs> Has to be. So what Sandow the seven then? I'm trying to think I of can't who... think of any bigger douchebag halfbacks. Who could be who could be worse? I'm just flicking through my mind. I don't know if there are is anyone worse? I don't think there is. Not really. Have to be it'd have to be Sandow. Yeah, Jason Ross off the bench. Yeah, backup prop. Yeah, fucking oath. He's definitely off there. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Let us know. <laughs> we got you had. We got to find a spot for Billy Slater as well. You know, <laughs> <laughs> too many fullbacks. It must be a fullback thing. It must be. All right. Next, we have um, a follow-up from Jacoby Nelson that said that Soward has got to be screaming at the TV over there in England right now. He'd have kicked twenty-nine field goals already. <laughs> That's true, geez. I mean, you would have won a contract for both of the sides on this exactly. game. Dean Horton, 3096. Nearly just went into cardio arrest watching the Golden Point. Mullen and Wallace both need to get lessons off Soward. So it was a common thread. Cardio arrest. Cardiac arrest. Mad cow's disease. Newcastle didn't just shoot themselves in the foot in Golden Point. They shot themselves in the spleen, torso and face. Hash right. real talk. Real talk. There's a lot of real talk this week too. They loved it. Toto TV. Hodges must be gagging for Yippee Yow Year to come back. Miranda should be playing seconds. Hash useless. I saw Hash, a lot of talk. people uh, hooking into Miranda. Remember when they were like, I remember when he started and he had his debut and he had a, he had a fair debut and they're like, oh, you know, he's the son of fucking you know, Barry or whatever and he's blah, blah, this and, you know, future this and now it's all asterisks all over the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone's saying Scott Minto. Exactly. <laughs> Big Dan, 1985. Uh, Benny made a poor call in subbing Roberts for Gower. Mind you, both couldn't kick goals. 
the Knights should have won that. Agree. Mad Dog underscore no space. This was in reply to someone else, but I'll just uh, extract it into a sentence. That's the draw an undefeated asterisk side needed to have on their way to Premiership glory. Hash team of destiny. <laughs> Fucking calm down. Erebus Chaos. Hunt has had a nice touch of creativity. Too bad we wasted money on Prince. Hash, fuck off Prince. Go join the cat in England. I and suspect did, that's where we might end up. Did I, did I see something through the week saying that maybe Prince will be uh, remaining at the Broncos? Oh, really? I wonder if it's, you know, the combination with Ben Hunt, you know, they've been got looking, you know, okay <laughs> like better For that one game. Yeah, don't know, don't know. And uh, finally, Mr. Wars uh, said, uh, Ben Hunt showing glimpses of what he can do. The odd brain snap, but he's been a bench warmer for so long, I'm feeling good about 2014. And tell you what, I just want to say, he's like the optimist, like the Broncos you. You know what yeah. I mean? Only like, with like, a large penis and more aubergine pants. Okay, I can verify the aubergine pants because yeah, when yeah. he co-hosted the show, he especially wore them. He did. Yeah. You notice how tight they were? See the outline of his no, penis? No, no. See, because you know what? When I'm sitting there doing the podcast, the last thing I'm doing is trying to see the imprint someone's penis makes on their on their selection I'm of pants. I'm just saying, when you're hung like Mr. Wars, it's hard to miss. <sighs> you you went from latent to blatant like so like so many months ago now. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on to the other Friday game, Sydney Roosters 42 pumped the Penrith Panthers 6 out there at Penrith Stadium and the Penrith fans. Congratulations, you uh, you heard our challenge and you met it. And uh, 11,879 of you turned up at the game, not the sub-10,000 figure that I uh, expected. Roosters, tries, 42 came from tries to Tupu, Maloney, Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner with a double, Aiden Guerra, which is a fucking ridiculously soft try, and uh, two of us a Sheck. Maloney, perfect. Seven from seven conversions, and the Panthers had one try to Dave Simmons and a conversion to Luke Walsh. Too many weapons for the Roosters. Um, took them 40 minutes to get going, but fuck when they did. It was wide-running yeah. back rowers hitting hitting holes it was halves just carving up and then it went out to SKD and Jennings and yeah. it was just a lot of soft fucking defence from the Panthers yeah. though too oh, I was mean, that. there was so much preventable shit in this game it was crazy certainly their attack goes I think Moylan is is a class above in that Penrith side and I think um, Vare his style of play seems to be suiting Penrith yep um, he just looks really classy out there Vare, I know, I know he's good at Manly and his opportunities there, but um, I just think he, he's settling into Penrith and their style of play quite well. Um, I'd almost be tempted to say that there were good times ahead for Penrith, but Jamie Soward? Yeah. That's a funny thing. You see what he's doing in England, you're thinking, wow, that's the guy that's going to be the linchpin of your halves? No. And, you know, Isaac John. Yep. Fuck, I know what I'd be doing. And wouldn't involve Jamie Soward. If you've got a five-year plan, I think you could wait. You could definitely sort of, you know, just mark time a bit and see what Isaac John was going to do. If you look at the chart, I think Isaac John's five-year plan would generally be in an upwards, upward sort of spike, whereas yep. uh, Soward's is the complete opposite. Soward's uh, career plan has been a very low level with a you know blip in you know two thousand nine, two thousand and ten, and then going back down to that other level. Mm. I remember when he was um. You know, like a lower grades and like schoolboy. He was a superstar. He was going to be the next big thing. Did nothing at East, pretty much. Then lobbed at uh, Dragons and didn't do much. And then Benny finally got him and, you know, took him into a bit of an upward trajectory for a while there. Then left him. Yep. Chase Fluffy. Yep. 
over the cat. Yep. So that's all you got to say about it? Okay. So, um, Jacoby Nelson. Moylan being chased down and monstered by the giant Polynesian looked like the stuff of nightmares or fantasies if you're Glenn. <laughs> the Ben Zed, who, incidentally, this uh, this holiday in Europe that Mup's having at the moment, it's going to fucking cost him Gronk of the Year, I reckon, because Ben Zed is coming out hard. Just, again, he came out and attacked Chapo out of nowhere again this That's week. That's awesome. Uh, the Ben Zed... And, he, and Chapo deserves it. Yeah, true, true. Uh, the Ben Zed. Minicello is slower than the Tigers' season membership sales for 2014. <laughs> hash Tigers in decline, hash Italian job. And uh, then he's come in with another one and said, the rooster's attack is more relentless than Glenn's adoration of Polynesian male anatomy. <laughs> Jeez, you make me sound gay. Then we got uh, maybe I'll make myself sound that. I don't know. Pharaoh underscore fact. He calls himself Monday's expert. He's our Pharaoh facts. As the Chooks get closer to fifty, the Riff fans turn to Woodstocks and B and E's to cheer themselves up. Ash Cracker Big Woody. And then we got our Drew underscore Nathan five. The Cat in the Hat would have loved this game versus the Roosters. Could have really padded his missed tackle stats. Ash five year plan. Uh, the Ben Z again. Panthers fans more amazed seeing 34 employed people in one place than the skill set of the Roosters at Centrelink Stadium. Uh, Shunter 86. Can't wait till Hash Cat in the Hat gets here. I see some Roosters fans that need spitting on. They must be from East Kingswood. And Ferrofax again. Any truth to the rumours that two of us at Check is a Justice Crew discard? Can dance. <laughs> Can Ash, dance. Step you at a phone booth. <laughs> Uh, and he actually tagged Justice Crew in there for that, for that tweet. Um, and this one is uh, is one of my favourite tweets of the week from the Ben Zed. I only had one to beat, Gus says, simultaneously commenting on the Panthers' blown try and dinner at the Louis residence. Oh, appalling. Karim Karan said, uh, it's all right, Penrith. Sow it'll be here soon. <laughs> Hash. Ha, 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 ha. Hash the saviour. Cronulla's Holland Sharks, 18, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 14, at Mount Smart, crowded just over 15,000. And the Sharkies, 18 points, came from tries to Jonathan Wright, Ben Pomeroy, Nathan Stapleton. What a combination of players that is. <laughs> fucking Jesus. Todd Carney, two from three conversions, and added a penalty goal to the list. The Warriors the... should just be fucking, draw a line totally through them. embarrassed. Uh, the Warriors, they had a double to the Beast, and uh, also the, the new Beast got one as well, I guess, you know, with Conrad Harrell. Uh, Sean Johnson, one from three conversions, and fuck, he could have used some uh, more goals. Ben Pomeroy fucking carved up in this game. <laughs> yeah. He looked like an absolute fucking genius. When he scored that try, that shit was ridiculous. The movie put on there. I mean, yeah. he, he ran into a pretty decent hole. But I mean, there was that the yeah, Gallo, when, when they went, you know, when they went with that scrum move where all the gallon went wide and turned it inside. Turned it back I mean, in, yeah. I mean, that shit was like a. That's a schoolboy's. That's a, a West schoolboy's trick play. shot. Yeah, West Tigers play from way back. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I was, Bo Ryan probably brought it over with him, showed him how to do it. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Hollington used to uh, try that back in his time with the Tigers. Um, with Paul Gallen back for the first time, obviously since hurting his foot in Origin 2, um, the Sharks played their best version of that hard-nosed, no-nonsense footy that they're becoming renowned for and um, was enough to, to grind the Warriors out of it. I think the Warriors looked like they had more points in it. I think the Sharks just frustrated them with their defence um, and, and played possession and field position pretty well. Um, you spoke about Conrad Hurrell. There's not a lot of different aspects to his game. No, but it's, it's funny. Uh, like, remember how when he started last year, he was like oh, the next big thing, fucking yeah. amazing. Then he fell in a bit of a hole. I don't think he's really been doing that much different. It's just that 
the difference between barreling someone and scoring and the difference between, you know, just not getting past them. Exactly. It's like a real fine line, yeah. Well, it just doesn't do anything different. So some opposition players are are going to be more susceptible to being run over the top of than yep. others. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a week-to-week proposition for him as to how he goes. <laughs> um, Wade Graham for the Sharks. I wonder if he's paying Paul Gallen commission for the influences he's had on his career. Um, and not in a peptide sort of way, but in a, in a leadership um, slash fucking hard-wide running sort of back rower who's yep. got... From his, his previous days as a 5'8", he's got some great ball skills. The try that he laid on for Jonathan Wright yep. um, was, was, you know, showed some beautiful touch. And then some of his runs and, and also his defence as well shows how far he's come as a player. I, I really like him. I think um, probably moving on from Penrith where he was sort of, you know, supposed to be the next big thing and then fell out with Greg Alexander and, and the club didn't take too kindly to that. Um, I think moving on to the Sharks was prob- probably the best move for his career. I don't know that he'd be playing first grade at Penrith. No, no, I wouldn't imagine so. And that's saying something considering they signed Jamie Seward. Yeah, now um, the sad thing that I want that I have to say about this game is that um, there was absolutely fuck all tweets. Bros. The bros, the bros and, the, uh, and, and the Sharkies fans, just not, not, especially, not especially interested. I don't know why. I mean, at the time, I could see that, uh, you know, the Ben Zed was in there and, you know, he was starting fights with people, so maybe he was taking people's, you know, attention away. But uh, most people were more interested in uh, the fact that, you know, we were obviously at the, at the Tigers game at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then people were talking, you know, just talking about, sorry, not not Tigers game, but people were just, they had other things on their mind and there was, fuck all tweets. And so is that the first time it's happened in the history of this show? No. No, that's happened before. Zero tweets for a game. Yep. Well I just I just I just want to stress how disappointed I am with everybody. Really. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not mad. I'm just you know, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably it. Anyway, um let's move on to the match of the round. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles forty. Defeated the Parramatta Eels six. It was so close to 40 nil too. Just over 11,000 out there at Parramatta Stadium. Uh, Manly's 40 points came from a double to Jorge Tofua, double to Wolfman. Justin Horro got his customary try. Daly Cherry Evans got one. Brett Stewart got one. Six from seven conversions for Jamie Lyon, defeating the Eels with a try to Semi Radradradradra and one conversion from one attempt, Jake Mullaney. Great initiative by Para to um, pr- parade some of the former greats from their uh, 80s heyday um, out to the crowd pre-game. And, and Just to fucking twist the knife in the yeah. hearts of Eels fans. <laughs> Showing them it was great. I mean, it probably gave them you know, some good memories and something to cheer about, given they haven't had much in the last few seasons. But yep. um, it was also a great 80s theme. They wore an 80s heritage strip and they played 80s music at the ground and, and stuff like that. And it's it's... Obviously, um, a bit influenced by um, by SAS, who's the uh, had having a bit to do with their social media and game day experience sort of stuff yep. over there, and she's doing a great job. But um, it's a shame the players didn't put in the same effort. Yeah, you see people oh. going to all that trouble and, and getting former players together and putting them out before the crowd, and and then you know the game kicks off and everyone's like, oh, that's right. It's not 1986. We're fucking shit. In regards to uh, 
to Para's recruitment and retention. <laughs> Whatever the fuck happened at the club with, with Horro, it, it's absolutely inexcusable to have let him go. Yep. He is doing exactly the same sort of thing for Manly as he did for Parramatta in his opportunities there. And if there's any Para fans that have any sort of insight or or, or think that Horro wasn't playing at a level that... Perhaps he wasn't playing right at this level. I mean, like... Well, I mean, have a go at the quality of player around him, though. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there is that. But also, obviously, he's um, you know, he's really developed. He's a, a great partnership with Foran and stuff as well, and, and and a great understanding. So Foran knows he'll be there for the short ball. He'll be there for the, like the little run of the line and put the grubber through behind the line. I knew that Justin Horro, probably not last season, but certainly the season before when he really started to to come on. Um, he, that's the type of play he was churning out. So no yeah. one can say that that he didn't exhibit it at Parramatta. So whatever whatever happened that led to him leaving Parramatta is is really symptomatic of the problem, I guess. Yeah, and I mean this didn't happen on Ricky's watch. Obviously, this was a uh, no, no. This is a situation with uh, with old, with old Steve Carney, but um, yeah, I'd love to know what the actual facts that you know were behind it. I mean, they're both from Kiwis, you know, what, yeah. what was there something said or you know, don't know. But um, yeah, it's played magnificent. Um, awesome tries in this game. Uh, the all good thing never really eventuated, but I mean, as as you'd expected, I mean, all good wasn't going to be stupid enough to do anything. You'd think you wouldn't be stupid enough to do anything again. It's pretty fucking stupid. And for large portions of the game, they had Fooey Fooey out there marking up on Matai, which you know, ultimately, you know, was was to be their undoing when you know Matai started making some meters and putting uh, Jorge away for length of field tries. Yeah, well, um, Fooey Fooey's known for a lot of things, but he's. Uh Capability to be, to be handling centres with decent footwork is probably not one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the other thing out of this game was Cherry Evans again. I mean, he got a try, but then again, he got in a situation where he was kind of in the clear, could have strolled over for another try, chucked it over his shoulder infield to someone else. Like, yeah, I'll, I'm unselfish. I'll, I'll, I'll chuck back a try for you. Who was it? Tafua down the centre of the field. Like, he needed another fucking try. Exactly. But anyway, he got one. So, uh, another dominant performance. I think that's about. Over the years, over the last four weeks, we've played them twice, and I think it's something like 90 versus 16 or something like that. Before against. So, uh, you know, it's good to see that. I mean, that's even more than we put on the Tigers this season. So, uh, I think Tigers are only like 64 to Time 18. to move on. Time to move on. <laughs> uh, tweets, Evil Stacey Jones. Have we had Evil Stacey Jones no, before? No, it's totally new. It is now mathematically impossible for the Parry Eels to make the playoffs in 2014. <laughs> Um, what about? And he actually sent that to the Parrot Eels as well as us. What about a um, a guy at the football on Sunday yeah. as I was leaving the ground? Um, sorry, as I was leaving the corporate area, a Tigers fan was also leaving at the same time and said, "What do you think mathematically?" I think he was half joking. I said, "Mate, I came from Campbelltown. Mathematics is not my strong suit, and uh, I can tell you, in Campbelltown, two hundred plus two hundred equals eight hundred and sixty-seven." And we still haven't got a mathematical chance of making the eight. <laughs> uh, what have we got here from NZ Warrior Forum? You'll take manly thrashing power to get that warrior's shite taste out of my mouth. <laughs> and he's calling them the sea budgies. But he's been talking shit like waiting for manly to come up against the uh, the warriors again. Um, so that's going to be disappointing for you. Uh, Mr. Wars. Ben Roberts' whole approach to rugby league is a crime against humanity. Hash real talk. He's going hash. Paul Potts a better bloke. <laughs> Shane Aaron Elvis. 
I'd rather have a fat Sandow betting on himself and kicking 40-20s than have Ben Roberts anywhere near a game of footy. Ben Roberts getting carved up. Evil Stacey Jones again. The Eels are clearly not good enough to be in the top eight of the Holden Cup. <laughs> and once again, he sent that to the Eels, so credit. I love people that troll straight to their actual victims. Magpie view. Oh, man, this is so hard to watch. Para really trying, but just not up to it. Could blow out at any moment. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and that was actually fairly late in the piece. At what point were you, you know, half time could have blown out, man. I mean, was it 16 nil, 18 nil, half time? Come on. Yep. Benny 2 7. Honestly, I pity the Eels. They just don't have the class at this level, and I'd hate to run out knowing what's coming each week. Me too. Except this week. <laughs> we're their favourites. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Dashing Dan 1. I'm hoping Parra are caught over the salary cap and this game is struck from the record. <laughs> and uh, Evil Conspiracy. What's the opposite of the Midas touch? If it's not taken, can we call it the Roberts effect? Wow. I'm, I'm, hard I'm, I'm all good for that. Roberts effect is me. I like it. Next. Upset. The North Queensland Cowboys, 30. Defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 12. Up there at 1,300 teeth. And there was a, a crowd of uh, just over 13,000. So, which explains the 1,300 teeth, I guess. Now, uh, the Cowboys' 30 points came from tries. Brent Tate, Tarek Sims, Kane Linnett with a double and wife-bashing piece of shit cunt. And uh, Thurston was four from five conversions and he also added a penalty goal. The Rabbits, tries to Bryson Goodwin and George Burgess and two from two for Adam Reynolds. Probably not a bad time for South to have a loss, um, take stock and fine-tune their finals charge. Um, They were a long way from their best. Uh, the Cowboys were far too good for them on the night. But um, unfortunately, I think it's too little too late for the Cowboys. This is exactly the type of performance that um, me, you, and everyone else expected um, them to put in as a standard this year, not a flash in the pan as this is ultimately going to be. And, um, you know, it's good for their fans. Um, it's good for them to give them a bit of a confidence boost. But all in all, the damage is well and truly done to their season. So... Um, I think South have got a lot more to take out of this game than the Cowboys and um, I think South will be the ones bouncing back and the Cowboys will uh, go back to the, the type of performance they've already displayed for the most part this season. See, I, I, I agree sort of with what you said, but I mean, I think you're discounting the win a little bit because the Cowboys absolutely fucking dominated South in every facet of the game. Sure. And 30-12 to 12 is certainly a big scoreline, but it's, you know, somewhat kind of respectable-ish, you know. And South scored all their points very, last, very like, late in the, the game the last too. five minutes. I yeah. mean, this game should have been 30-0. 30-0 was a fair reflection of the game. I mean, South's tries, you know, were a bit chancy and they were right at the death, you know. They were, they were the very definition of consolation tries. So I'm, I'm definitely not going to... um diminish what the Cowboys achieved. It wasn't because of South being complacent. It wasn't because of North Queensland, you know. It could have been a little bit, you know, towards, you know, bouncing back, you know, from the sacked coach thing, but... um, And that was the thing. If I'd have remembered <laughs> that they sacked their coach, yeah, I would, would have put money you know, on the Cowboys yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Because it just happens time and time again. And then, then after it happens, you always go like, well, fucking where was that when the coach's job was on the line, you know? Yeah. Um, Now, the Ben Zed... Louis pushes T. Burgess, realises it's a man, and quickly backs down. Hash, wife beaters in decline. Uh, Shunter, Real talk. Shunter 86. Mum's call of the night after seeing a bunch of rabbitos go down. Is there an outbreak of myxomatosis? <laughs> Hash, funnier than me. Well, yeah. It's a bit of a dad joke, isn't it? 
Uh, Shunter 86 again. What a great try by the reborn Robert Louis. What a triumph over adversity this is. Hash shit Peter Battle says. That Peter Bedell from the Courier Mail. Dead set. What's his fucking caper? That's, he's written two puff pieces now about uh, Robert Louis and, you know, overcoming the incident. Maybe he's Robert Louis' cousin. Maybe he's his former, former social media advisor. Shane Aaron Elvis. North Queensland Cowboys deserved it. South were fucking shit. Spent a week on the Gold Coast and turned into the Titans. P.S. Fuck Louie. Uh, Beer Boy 182. As much as I hate the scum of the league, I'm struggling to celebrate the tribe of wife, ba- wife basher Louie. And he's going, uh, hash Louie Karma. And he tweeted that to the Cowboys, so credit there. You've probably blocked now. Uh, NZ Warrior Forum. Even Robert Lugie gets a try. Just shows how much the cows have been slacking around on Neil Henry. Yep. Berkeley underscore Eagle. Here we go, Twill Nation. Hash South's in decline. Mad cow disease. Fuck hell. Well, you know, without, they haven't been great. great they haven't been great without Inglis. And now uh, Sutton's looking at two to four weeks on the sideline with uh, syndesmosis, or what in what we called in English for like the entire entirety of my fucking life, sprained ankle. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget when I found out that that's what that syndesmosis was. Like, well, what are they doing now? We're just making them fucking. Ritzier, so the doctors can charge more for the trip. Yeah, that's it. The doctors can charge more for the radox and shit that you just put your foot into. Uh, mad cow's disease. Based on tonight's effort, we should have sacked Henry before every game this year. Where the fuck has this been all season? Exactly. And uh, the Ben Zed, who is a South fan, said, uh, Heading south, like our name implies. Fuck me dead. Roosters are locked for minor premiership now. He's a bit of a shit fan, isn't he? Yep. Uh, but he's a great gronk. And uh, yeah, he's, he's certainly... Pretty much down to the final two for the Grock of the Year. <laughs> uh, where are we now? The Melbourne Storm, 68, defeated the Canberra Raiders 4. Down there at Canberra Stadium, just shy of 11,000 people in attendance. And, uh, you know, probably a good thing for the Canberra Raiders because, my God, what a, what a scarring fucking thing this would have been to see. Melbourne Storm, they are uh, 68 points. Tries came to a hat-trick. Sisawaka, Mahe Fanua, a.k.a. the new Greg Inglis, got a hat-trick. <laughs> As, uh, as good Inglises do. Uh, Will Chambers got a double. Billy Slater got a double. Kevin Proctor, Tohu Harris also got tries. Cameron Smith kicked 10 conversions from 12 attempts. And a Raider, sorry, uh, a solo try to uh, Anthony Milford. What a day for Mahe Fanua and Sisawaka. Or Sisawanga. Sisawanga. Um, both had hat-tricks. Um, everything Fanua touched turned to gold. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I would probably... I'd probably hesitate before I started calling him the next Greg Inglis. I'd hesitate is, a lot because, I mean, it wasn't like he was doing a lot of that kind well, of, you he's know. He's a winger. He's designed to catch the ball and score tries. I don't know that he did anything massively spectacular. He was getting some good balls and, you know, put into a gap where he had to fall over the line and, and you know, like wingers do. And he was play, playing against defence that was rice paper thin. Um, yep, yep, exactly. Unexpected opportunity, I think, the Storm. Craig Bellamy said they went down there expecting a really, um, a really tough game. They were expected the Raiders to come down there and, and um, give them a really tough game, and and it turned out the Storm got to blow the cobwebs out of their attack and and gear up for their finals campaign. And they, uh, you know, certainly fine tuned some aspects of their attack. I think Finch was pretty good uh, running guys through holes, and um, and and as I said, the wingers uh, finished well all day. Wonga even scored a try on the opposite side of the field. Yeah, he was just getting shit. He was getting shit off with all the ball that Fanua was getting, and he's like, he actually came looking for it, and you know, and, and sort of jagged one off him. 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, what that means as far as the rest of the games Melbourne have got. Um, but they certainly um, got the opportunity to sling the ball around and the Raiders offered zero resistance. So, um, good win for Melbourne. Certainly good for their for and against as well. No, absolutely good for their for and against. Um, and the thing is, you've got to wonder how destructive this could be to the old uh, Raiders in terms of they've been undefeatable at home. Over the last, you know, many, many, many games. I mean, it was like, was it, was it 11 straight, 13 straight? Something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, to have that, not only just, you know, if they had been beaten by the storm and it was just like, oh, you know, we, we lost it and, you know, the, the streak's over. That's one thing and that's probably something they wouldn't care about so much. But when they get done by 10 tries, mm. fuck it, that's got to, it's got to hurt. It's got, and, you know, it's got to leave a mark. It's got to. Oh, it wouldn't matter where it occurred. A loss like that is going to have. Yeah, but I mean, for the fact that for the for the fact that it was such an impregnable fortress for them, though, yeah, to have it to have it like you know not beaten in uh, extra point or you know like extra you know extra time and then or they just lose by like you know twenty four to twelve or something like that, they've actually lost so badly. All the confidence that they got from from being so um, so impressive there for so long has it's just been eradicated in one game. Yeah, it's like one of the worst. It's it's one of their worst losses in history, if not the worst, isn't it? I'm not, I'm sure, not sure about the statistics. Sure yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jacoby Nelson said, uh, "Say it isn't so. Cat's hair is no more." Oh, what about he shaved his head? He said, "Raiders are fucked until that hair grows back." <laughs> hash Mr. Bigglesworth, hash Samson, hash Canberra in decline, and that's you know if you're looking for a reason, that might be it. At Solzy, well, this is fucking embarrassing. The difference between the Storm and Raiders is the Storm keep defending when the Raiders attack. <laughs> uh, we got uh, at Andy Kintz, bald Andy. Now I know what a para fan feels like. Jesus. Uh, big underscore redness. Love to blame the result on the ref or the storm cheating, but I can't. But hey, at least we aren't the Tigers. Hash Tigers in decline. At Nismo Raiders. You're welcome, Melbourne Storm. Glad we're able to play you back into form. Hash turn it off. <coughs> and Solzy again. I've got to go through my stuff and get rid of some clothes. Maybe I should start with eight or nine Raiders jerseys. Shit fan. Hash shit day. Shit fan. Uh, Chapo the creator holy shit the storm are on another level in this game hash beast mode at mad cow's disease I swear I've been watching too much ashes recently I misread the Raiders score as 4 for 68 uh, <laughs> cruisy 06 there are no other words but the hash faders got spanked and spanked hard hash come home Milford there you go there's Broncos trying to scab him already Troy underscore 79 disgraceful I've supported this team for 25 years, and that's the worst performance I've ever seen. Show some pride, for fuck's sake. That's all we ask. That's a little bit deep end. I mean, it, it may it may well be the worst performance in 25 years, but you know, it's just one performance, and they've been pretty good otherwise. Yeah. yeah. If if they get flogged by 50 this week, then you can then, start bleeding. Then lock and load, guys. Lock and load. CA photo 10 trivia. If tries scored by Canberra were 66 points today, they still would have lost. And we that's, have... That's a great tweet. The Gold Coast Titans, 36, defeated the West Tigers in decline, 6. Now they're at Skilled at Rabina, where we were both in attendance. The official crowd, 11,731. And let me tell you, we all did a bit of a sweep beforehand uh, where we were sitting to say, okay, how many people? And uh, most of the guesses were in the 5 to 6 kind of range. Yeah, really? And um, I thought there was more than that. I thought oh, the crowd was a fair... Mate, the end, the other, the, 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 what do they call it? The Legion, the Legion yep. end, pretty much empty. The main side on the east, pretty, was pretty patchy. The away end was pretty full. 
and the corporate actually was fuller than I've seen. Yeah, in a that while. was yeah. pretty well packed. It seemed like it was fairly, fairly, you know, in the middle, like you know, from like thirty to thirty, it was pretty packed. I mean, like you know, down like the last thirty meters on either side weren't mm. so much, but yeah, um, I took a picture actually of um the stand on the eastern grandstand at the Titans. There, they've got this giant kind of banner that goes down over you know probably about. 10 to 15 rows of seats. Was that the ironic banner that said, we are members and there was no one there? We are are Gold Coast Titans members. And it's just basically an entire section, probably 30 seats wide, maybe more. And, you know, however many rows, like from the back of the grandstand all the way down to the the sideline. Empty. 100% empty. Not a soul fucking sitting there. So it was pretty funny. Um, The Titans, their points came through tries to Jamie Dowling, David Mead, Brad Takarangi, Dave Taylor, Luke O'Dwyer, and Mark Minicello. Caesar was five from six conversions, and he got a penalty goal. Tigers, six points. Liam Fulton Fulton try, Benji Marshall conversion. Did I hear the ground announcer call that try for um, Big Sauce when he scored as well, when it was scored? I didn't hear that. I'm sure it's either either they made a substitution immediately to bring Galloway on, or the announcer initially announced that try as Galloway's. I was like, hang on a minute. Was like, Do you have a number 11 on? <laughs> I mean, it was right down the other end of the field, so I'm like, well, yeah, I could be wrong. This is officially the the death of the undefeated team of destiny. Wow. You've called it. Put a stake through their heart. Um, I can't believe you've called it. Well, I mean, did I have any other choice? Really? Well, you could have just fucking lied like you do every other week. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like... They've been dead for five weeks, and now's the time you decide to pull the live spot? <laughs> I think because I watched it live. <laughs> it just made it really rammed it home. It just made it re- real made for it real. you. <laughs> um, as I said before, there are lots of talk about the club not standing by Benji, but um, this game was him figuratively flipping the bird at the club. <laughs> yep. Really. Um, I agree. You know, if he doesn't agree with the way he's being treated, that's his right and his prerogative. But um, as a professional, he still has an obligation to his employer to um, to put forth his best work. And uh, this was a long way from that. Um, Isn't it telling when you, um, you're watching a game live uh, rather than on TV and you can see the fullness of the field and what's happening and the talk and the way that players are arranging themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. And you can just see that Benji literally is doing fuck all. Yeah. He was just loitering around, nine times out of ten, catch and pass. Sometimes he put a ridiculous pass on that wasn't on and, you know, it'd yep. go to ground. But a lot of times it was just really elementary shit. He just put a short pass on to the next guy in the line. Yep. That was exactly the way the day sort of played out. As far as the second hand went, or uh, second hand, as far as the second half went, um, the guys that I was with, um, they all certainly for about 25, 30 minutes of, yep. the, of the second half, they all stayed up in the Champions Lounge drinking piss and eating the food <laughs> and I sat down there in our row of seats on my own taking my medicine yep yep and um uh I don't know went into a bit of a trance <laughs> it just started to dawn on me that we uh we're not going to be undefeated premiers this season you're and not, you're uh, not quite there sorry it's not quite there physically <laughs> exactly <laughs> um I think the saddest part for the Tigers was the Titans didn't actually play that well no, it was this. This was a crap game. It was worthy of a hyper bowl, to be honest. Um, the the Titans just played less poorly. I mean, I don't think there were a lot of mistakes from the Titans, but there was pretty much zero creativity as well, and they didn't really look that dangerous. Most of the points would come um, off a big bust in the centre field by someone, and yep. they brought down twenty metres out. And then with momentum, you know, they you know usually get over you know in the next you know three or four plays after sure. that. 
Um, it's not, not really creative. I mean, it was mostly brute force. Just completely in, in, incompetent from the Tigers. And uh, and the Titans, despite not playing that flash, were completely dominant um, in every facet. And, uh, you know, Dave Taylor's diving over from a couple of metres out. And um, that's another thing about Dave Taylor. When he come on the field, um, he had an immediate impact. Some of his charges were really impressive. But... Then came the customary back chat penalty. Then came the drop ball. Then came the dud pass. Then, you know, I just don't know when this guy's going to get it together. Yep. He scored yep. a try and, and all the rest of it, and, and good luck to the bloke. But fuck me, Dad, for the money that he's he's earning and, and the size and physical specimen that he is, he, he should be. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, applied no, himself for, he should be able to be of a level of fitness that where he could apply himself for sort of 50 to 60 minutes a game and be yeah. completely devastating um, and like really like a Sonny Bill Williams yeah. level kind of guy for impact exactly yeah yeah. and um, the thing the, for me the most disappointing part of the game was I expected like the West Tigers you know pseudo comeback that usually happens you know to the tune mm. of maybe two tries in the second half because the first half the Titans were running our way, so it was fantastic. We got to see four try, four tries, and we missed the West Tigers one, which was down the other end. So I thought the second half they'd turn around, and you know maybe the Tigers would do a little mini comeback, and we'd get to see a couple of tries down our end, and that'd be great. No such luck. Fucking nothing. Not a thing. Not a lot happened down the other end either. There was only two tries scored in the second half, mm. but you know the first half was exciting for the little kids. You know it was like because most of the conversions, most of the tries were sort of you know scored out wide to the right and we were sitting sort of you know about 10 metres to the left of the upright so whenever the conversions had come past there was a real chance you know you might be able to catch the ball you know to sort of just land you know, a couple of rows behind you that kind of thing yeah but um yeah second half fuck all sweet fuck all <laughs> watch most of the game on the TV on the quite on frankly the it should have been more Titans bombed a couple of chances but between you know Ashford um Lawrence who's been playing hurt but um and Benji Jeez, they're inept. Yep. Robbie got hurt and come off, which didn't help our cause either. But, um, you know, the young kids are the guys that are hooking in. I think Tedesco tried his heart out, um, had some good one-on-one tackles with, with guys bursting through the middle, and he was the last line of defence and brought them down. One in particular on Ryan James, who's a fucking mountain. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Noffa had some good charges. Simona was fairly well unsighted. Um, playing outside of Lawrence, who mm-hmm. threw the ball over the sideline once and at his feet another time with the line wide open. Yep. Um, you know, other than Liam Fulton, I think the young kids um, tried their hardest, but they they just lacked leadership, especially once Robbie went off. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the game was kind of, you know, it was from a scoreline point, it was pretty much over when Robbie went off, but. You know, you can never discount the you know the momentum, and you know he burrows over for a drive and dummy half, and that's how the little mini comeback starts. And you know, mm-hmm. they probably prevented from getting their little comeback. Um, Mup twenty three. If the Tigers can beat the undefeated Asterisk Tigers by thirty, we must be favourites to take out the comp. Yeah, and he's gone hash real talk, hash real talk. <laughs> At Hammers, we don't always bust an undefeated Asterisk season, but when we do, it's against the team of destiny. Hash Tigers in decline. Chapo, the creator, is more succinct. Benji Marshall is an oxygen thief. Hashtag is in decline. Shunter86. Watching Benji Marshall is just sad. Potter must surely be facing an old yellow situation. They love that dog, but... Boom. You've seen old yellow, right? No. Okay. It's about a dog. It's like a, yeah, like a Disney it. sort of thing. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Pretty sad, Andy. I bet. Say. Tall Hayden. 
must have been exciting for Glenn being in the crowd today, knowing that at any moment Benji could pass him the ball. <laughs> and considering you were about, you know, two-thirds of the way up, so he must have been like sort of, you know, 25 rows up. Yeah. You were a real chance of getting the ball. Definitely. You, you know, I thought you'd get a hat-trick. Um, moving on. Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 39 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 20 at Cogra, under 13,000 people there. The points, uh, Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 39 points went to tries to Trent Hodkinson, Josh Jackson, a double to T-Rex, double to Sam Cassiano, Josh Morris got one as well. Uh, Hodkinson got himself a field goal and five from seven conversions. I think he missed the first two as well, so that was a decent comeback. Uh, especially because he's in my supercoach side. And uh, Dragons, 20 tries, a double to Dugan. Uh, also tries to Nightingale and Daniel Vito. Uh, Dugan, two from four conversions. Yeah, it was a crazy game. Um, Dugan's brilliance wasn't enough to stop the dogs running away with it in the end. Um, I think the Dragons aren't very good at all without Dugan, but there was a point in this game where it, I really thought they were going to put the dogs away and then, bam, <laughs> out of the blue came a... A bulldog's blitzkrieg, and they just fucking killed him. It was so quick as well, like because yeah. I was I was watching on the Foxtel uh, Go app on the iPad, and then I came downstairs to watch it on the computer, and um, it went from twenty to eight to twenty to fourteen with the bulldogs on attack again. In the time it pretty much took me to walk downstairs, I was like what? So uh, it all went uh, bad pretty quickly, and Trent Merrin was a pretty. Uh, big instigator, you know, getting close to the line and throwing stupid passes on two occasions, which resulted in turnovers, and the dogs yeah. ended up scoring on the next sets, and, you know, that was the end of the game, really. And Cassiano, um, his impact really turned the turned the course of the game for the dogs and ultimately delivered the victory. Um, scored a couple of tries, um, laid, you know, some long runs on with, with great passes, and, um, you know, just basically played the way that, that they sort of expect him to play based on his form from last season. But has he is he getting bigger? Yeah, fatter. He is a fucking enormous human. Yeah, yeah. And I don't put a lot of, you know, I don't put a lot of great stock in his tries because, I mean, we get a guy that big. Yeah. Taking the ball three metres out, no one on earth is going to fucking stop the stop, guy start, yeah. at all. You know, if he runs half a fucking decent line, there's just no stopping him. But, uh, you know, it's obviously getting themselves into that position, though, that takes all the good, you know, the hard work. Sure. Um, Dugan's just re-signed with the Dragons um, for 700k a year, and he looks to be worth every bloody cent based on his performance. Absolutely. Um, he was the only reason the Dragons were doing anything. Scored two tries himself, and they laid another one on, put them into space and uh, with a great pass, and they ultimately scored. And um, I, I just... There's, there's not a lot happening other than him. There's zero. I mean, they may as well change their name to the St. George Illawarra Dugans. <laughs> there was a bit of that going on last night. Oh, absolutely. In fact, yeah, I'll just look at the first tweet. He has it as well, so there you go. Um, and that is uh, FUBAR underscore 84. I'm proud to support the St. George Illawarra Dugans. The rest of the team, meh, hash, 2 to, th- two to 17 in decline. Uh, traders key. T-Rex, T-Rex having one of his better games. It's his effort in defense I'm impressed with, as any big unit can score close to the line. Uh, Devonhead. So this is what it feels like to be Glenn. Hurry up, hash tigers in decline shirt so you can cheer me up. Uh, GT351 underscore Johns. Great comeback from 20 to 8 and some FUD ref calls. Oh, he's... Jesus Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to auto-correct this on the fly. Great comeback from 20 to 8 and some... What would FUD be, dud. dud? Ref calls. Took a while for Bulldogs. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Um, I'm going to auto-correct this on the fly. 
great comeback from 20 to 8 and some dud. You reckon it's dud? Because dud should be just dud. be DU. Okay, dud. He's got FUD ref calls. Took a while for Bulldogs to click, but great when we did. Good job, doggies. That is disgraceful typing. So, <laughs> autocorrect would actually fix a lot of that shit, so I think it's just bad typing in general. Chapo, the creator. Tonight, a team of little Aussie and Kiwi battlers travelled to Cogra and beat down the hash St. George Illawarra Dugans. Hash 2013 Premiers. See, what this is the thing. I mean, like, I admire your, your staunch fucking dedication to the Tigers and your commitment to the undefeated asterisk, blah, blah, for, you know, 20, what, 22 weeks. But... You've inspired all these other fucking dickheads <laughs> to like be the same, you know, just like bring the same level of unrealistic optimism to their own fucking teams. I know. It's magnificent. CA photo 10. At 138 kilos, Cassiano is like a runaway fridge coming at you. Except I'm pretty sure you can fit more food in Cassiano. 138 kilos. Fuck me, that explains the size. Fucking hell. That's terrible because he can move. Yeah, I mean, like he's not the fastest guy in the world, but I mean, 138 kilos—he can move for 138 kilos. Let me tell you. Exactly. Uh, Kareem Karan said uh, it was a two-horse race for the spoon. Then the dragons pull a loss from the jaws of victory. Hash chokers. Hash spoon raise alive. Hash tigers in decline. Um, and what have we got here? QLD underscore cockroach. Cray should be sent to PNG for playing at prop. Doesn't belong there. Hash running from the polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> And the Dragons did suffer some late withdrawals. I think they had three guys. Uh, Harrison was one of them, and uh, was it Wayman and someone else withdrawn right before the start of the game. Yeah. Previews for round 22 of the 2013 Telstra Premiership kicks off. Friday night football and Friday nights are not a great night for football this week anyway. Uh, the Storm versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. This is a decent game down there at Amy Park in Melbourne. And, uh, I mean, Melbourne Storm side pretty much unchanged. I mean, I think Brett Finch is kind of starting to settle back in a little bit. Um, yeah, he looked quite good last through, week. Through some good balls. Yeah. Some pretty substandard opposition, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, sort of, he's starting to sort of get, you know, get amongst it a bit uh, and... And, you know, maybe that's you know, part of the reason why the Storm are a little bit more fluent now because he's actually, you know, fit back in. Um, the uh, Rabbits. So Nathan Merritt at fullback. Uh, still waiting on the return of uh, Greg Inglis. And uh, he, we've pretty much gone past his best-case assessment, haven't we? He was sort of saying he'd be pretty quick in two weeks. Kind of thing. We, we, we're past that now, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, no keeping on ice for the finals, but... Yeah, um... no Sutton. Uh, Adam Reynolds, who knows what the story with him is because there was a time there where he sort of passed the ball. He was running with the ball. No one was They thought it might have been a hyperextension. Yeah, yeah. It didn't look good. But And, you know, you've got to be especially careful with him because, you know, he, the whole season imploded when he got injured last season. Exactly. So. I think the Rabbitohs will bounce back. Uh, I think they will, they will be pretty disappointed um, in their performance last week. And it was one thing that um, they'd be getting from Maguire um, is the importance to, to be that consistent side, given his history from the Storm. Um, and, you know, ironically, they come up against the Storm looking for that, to try and get that consistency back on track. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs in this one. I think Storm they'll bounce back. And Sorry? Storm have a tremendous record at home. They do. They seem to be clicking again, at least attacking-wise. I mean, yeah, the defence held up pretty well as well against, you know, a pretty meek opposition. Uh, it had to be said on Sunday. Um, you know, South have got their forward pack's pretty much still intact. 
so they can keep rumbling these big guys at them, you know. But the Storm, I think the Storm can be up to that. And then when it comes to the backs, the loss of Sutton and Inglis, that's where it's going to tell. Sure. And I think Storm will get over the line there. And now this, the Hyper Bowl. Hyper Bowl 1, let's call it. Parramatta Stadium, the venue for the glorious Parramatta Eels versus West Tigers battle for the spoon. Parramatta, if they can get this up, what that'll be? It'll be 16 points for on the ladder for the Tigers and 12 for the Eels. So, of course, it doesn't guarantee, you know, mean anything about the Eels getting off the spoon. But, you know, with both teams have, you know, having you know, a number of games coming up in season, it does mean that, you know, it puts the Parramatta Eels in a slightly better position than they were the week before as far as avoiding the spoon and uh, giving it to the Tigers. They obviously welcome Jared Hayne back into the side as captain. And uh, that's about as good as it's going to get for Parramatta. I think the West Tigers will uh, be stung by that performance last week and, um, you know, the reaction of their fans, certainly in the media. Um, the last loss of Robbie Farrell hurt, but uh, young Joe, Joe, Joel... Luani comes in as a replacement. Don't know a lot about Joel, including how to pronounce his name. But um, no doubt with a bit of influence from uh, from Benji, who will hopefully <laughs> decide to show a bit of pride in the jersey. Um, and the young kids around him. I still think, even without Robbie, um, if Benji plays even a remotely moderate game, um, you've got... Noffa, Simona, and Corey Betty in the side, and Tedesco, Tedesco at the back. Um, there's more than enough points in the Tigers if they can um, pull their heads out of their ass, basically. Yeah, you'd think so. But um, look, the, the the point about this game is that the West Tigers must win. Of course. Or else, or else A, they're putting themselves close to the spoon, and B, they're subjecting you to untold fucking embarrassment. Mm. I mean, if is, we can't beat Parra, we might as well fucking turn it up. Jesus it's God. embarrassing to lose this Parramatta side. I mean, it's one of the worst sides in uh, in rugby league history. Uh, yeah. You know, certainly, I think statistics bear out they're one of the worst in the NRL history. But I want to go so far as, you know, rugby league history in general. I mean, they're, they're an atrocious side. They've only got 10 points, two buys. So, I mean, uh, three wins. Um, yeah, I just... I'd like to say I can't see a way for the West Tigers to lose this game, but... You know, I've seen too much lately to, you know, and if there's a way, we'll find it. And with Robbie Farron not there, it just seems like the heart and soul and just the will to compete even has uh, been removed from the side. I mean, you've got Liam Fulton there, but how much can he do alone? Yeah. He's the only guy there that, you know, wants to do something. Um, Eels 12. Okay. City Roosters take on the Canberra Raiders um, out there at Allianz on Saturday afternoon. This one. Well, you know, the Roosters keep rolling. The Raiders absolutely pumped to death last week. However, they welcome back Blake Ferguson. The Raiders are absolutely going to bounce back and be a better side than they were last week, but... They'll still get done 13+. plus. They're still going to get done 13+. plus. They're not good enough. They're not good enough. Not good enough, uh, Canberra. And, you know, you could be... Embarrassingly, they could be a side that, you know, gets assholed out the back end of the, the eight and lets a team, you know, an unworthy team like the Broncos or someone back in. Titans, you know, one of those sorts of teams that don't deserve to be there. Unforgivable. Cronulla Sharks take on the Newcastle Knights at Ramondas Dump. Um, what do we got? Well, Cronulla did very well away in New Zealand. The Asada stuff still hangs around. Newcastle Knights did well to make a game of it, but we we sort of picked the Knights to, to really run away with that game mm. against the Broncos and win it quite easily. So, you know, disappointing on that respect. Oh, away just, from home, I think that, I think the uh, the Knights might struggle to contain the Sharks. I think the Sharkies might get them. 
Yeah, well, the shark. I mean, the, you know, they've kind of been defying what I thought would happen to them. You know, the the sharkies. I mean, you look at them in the lineup and you go, yeah, well, yeah, Ben Pomeroy and Jonathan Wright, they're centers, really. Fuck that's, you out of here. That's your first. That's your first grade rugby league side. You want to submit to the, you know, to the officials to take the field. Come on, son. But they're winning, so. And yeah, the Knights have been you know powerful at home until last week, but away you know not so much. So, <sighs> sharks, I'll go sharks. Yeah. The mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Warriors at Brookie. This one, two p.m. Sunday. Beautiful time to go and see football out in the hill there in the sunshine on Sunday afternoon at Manly. And. I think Manly would be too strong, mate. I think they're in too good a form. They're gearing up nicely for the finals. Uh, I think Warriors are probably a little bit erratic, uh, including last week at home against the Sharks. And uh, you're not going to beat Manly if you're erratic. Dominic Peyrou. It's French for reserve grade. In number 17 for the Warriors. So that's interesting. Um, Yeah, look. Honestly, I think the Warriors of about five weeks ago... Would have, yeah, might have had, you know, might have given a really good account, good but shake, they, yeah. they appear to have gone off the boil that they sort of had. I mean, they had a an epic win against the Tigers, which, when you look at it in hindsight, it was one of the Tigers. You know, I think they're, they're five weeks now without a win, and you know, one of those weeks was a bye, but you know, not good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm tipping Manly thirteen plus. I'll probably put forty on them. That's what they do to teams lately. You know, thirty to forty points. You know, for <laughs> not many. You know, six to ten against, and. Uh, It'd be one of those games that kind of humiliate the Warriors out of the out of the finals race. It just it just mentally shatter them and uh, and just you know send them to Bali, and uh, Manly just you know rack up a bit of form against you know have a bit of fun, a couple of tries you know DC will probably score a try and then dish one off to you know to someone just to you know get rid of the nerdy run. I like where you're going with it. All right, Brisbane Broncos take on St George Illawarra Dragons in a rare Sunday afternoon game, 3 p.m. game. Uh, it's the Channel Nine delayed game. Uh, so that's Suncorp, so it'd be a nice afternoon out there for football. Sure would. Hopefully it's good weather. I'm looking forward to it. Um, first day game of the year. Really? Yeah. All year? Yep. Wow. All year? Yeah. Fuck, that's amazing that it's taken that long. To... I mean, the Broncos have a very good run at home. I think they got like about four of the last five games at home. Really? Something ridiculous, yeah. It has been a fair while since they've played there, though. Yeah, yeah. Um. Jesus... There's parts of the way the Dragons played against the Bulldogs on Monday night where that would indicate that they'd be too much for the Broncos. Dugan. But um, anything that where Josh Dugan wasn't involved would indicate that the Broncos will kill them. So um, I think the Broncos haven't played at home for a little bit. I think they might be keen to uh, put on a performance. Uh, the way Ben Hunt went last week, um, I think he'll only get stronger. Now that he's, he's starting to nail down a spot in the seven jersey, um, yeah, I'm going to say Broncos 1-12. to 12. Yeah, I think Broncos win this game easily. Um, apart from the Dugan factor, the Dragons got nothing. And, you know, can Dugan score 24 points? Yeah, he can. But will he? Yeah. Unlikely. Unlikely. All right. Uh, and we have a Sunday evening game, 6.30pm game. This one is out there at Penrith at our Centrelink Stadium. Penrith Panthers taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. I think the Cowboys might come back to reality a little bit. I think Penrith will want to be a lot better than what they were last week. So um, I think they might just have a bit too much attack for the Cowboys. And I, I think the Cowboys away from home um, and Penrith wanting to make amends and right their ship, I think they'll uh, they'll run away with this one. I think the Cowboys are going to have a lot of nuisance value in the run home. I mean, they're going to hit some form. It's far too late for them to you know actually make anything of it. But, you know, 
teams like Penrith, I mean, Penrith have had a, a, a poor run of late and it's kind of taken them from unlikely finals contention into, you know, dropping them down to about 11th, I think. But, you know, I'm sure the Cowboys want to knock them off and, you know, try and get in front of them on the table. And I think the Cowboys, I mean, on paper, they're a far better side. Like, it's not even close. And um, They haven't been playing to their potential this season, I think. No, but, um, but the Penrith Panthers um, haven't been playing very well in the last three weeks either. And they're coming off an absolute thumping at the hands of uh, the Roosters, and that kind of attack is something that the you know the Cowboys could certainly generate. Yeah, I see where you're going. Um, I'm still going to tip Penrith one to twelve. Right, I think the Cowboys will win this one. Um, okay, and finally, Monday night footbitch out there at uh, ANZ Stadium, Sydney Olympic Park. The Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs take on the Gold Coast Titans. Now, the Titans want to be a side that you know gets back in the eight and makes the finals push. Here's your test. I mean, the, the doggies aren't great. I mean, the doggies are ripe to be destroyed by any half-decent side. I mean, Jesus, the Dragons had them. You know, they had exactly. them. So, you know, I, don't, I just don't... I, think I can't see anything in the Titans last week from that game that puts them anywhere near winning this game. Yeah, I think the the Titans didn't really show me enough last week despite being the Tigers by such a scoreline that they, um, they were the type of side that's going to handle the Bulldogs too well. Um, I think the Bulldogs will, will get them about 1-12. to 12. Um, I think their forward pack is a bit better, and given their impact um, from Sam Cassiano coming off the bench and, and the hard work of Josh, da- Josh Jackson and Dale Finucane, I think, uh, I think the Bulldogs will get them. I think the Bulldogs will get them easily, 13-plus. I think they'll smash them, smash them. Chris Nino will probably kill bitches. Like he always does. You see, Captain what did he do? Who did he try and kill the other? Oh, he tried to kill Dugan, didn't he? And oh, someone else too. There were some Captain Murderous incidents in that game. I forgot where they were now, but yeah, that Captain Murder. He, he doesn't get that nickname for no reason. He, he, he can't be fucking, he can't be stopped murdering. He's fucking Dexter. Captain <laughs> Dexter. That is full time for episode 132. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, as you know, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button and uh, share the post and stuff like that. And happy to say, as of uh, around this morning, I think when I collated some notes for the show, 2,045 likes. Nice. Cracked the 2,000. Uh, it was, I think it was about Saturday when we got that tweet from uh, NKO11. Yeah, uh, gave us a heads up that we just cracked the two thousand mark. Um, so thanks for the heads up, and uh, thanks to everyone who's hit the like button. It's fantastic. I remember we were talking like you know midway through the season. Wow, we should, might be able to get two thousand by the end of the season if we're lucky. You know, given the finals and the World Cup and everything like that. What, five six Killed rounds it. before the end of the regular season, ridiculous. Killed it. Go for three thousand by the end of the season. <laughs> iTunes two reviews this week, which is fantastic. I love getting reviews on iTunes. This one uh, from Bears fan Weeksy. The title being Offensive to the General Public, Wife Beaters, and Benji Marshall. Five stars. The language is entirely reprehensible. Their comments towards each other, NRL players, and officiating staff is thoroughly offensive. Just listening to this podcast can cause permanent damage to your intellect. I can attest to this as I nearly dropped a dumbbell on my head in the gym as I was laughing so hard. <laughs> hash go the bears, hash die manly scum, hash tigers 2014. That's a fucking great review. Love it. And I, I say that about every review, but I mean, like, I love reviews of that tone that, you know, just hammer us, essentially. Uh, this one is from, the username is A-E-T-B-H-C, and uh, the title is G, five stars, just the letter G. Love Nate's... It's going to go bad, is it? 
Yeah, it's go, it's it's pretty rough for you. I'll be honest. Love Nate's interesting, well-researched comments that could only come from a real student of the game. Oh, fucking hell. The other toss pot... I've switched off. The other toss pot, get the earplugs out, boys. It's cry time. Hashtag is in decline. Hashtag a fart, Glenn. <laughs> Unbelievable. Fantasy. Okay. Sherwood Scorpions. Still on top. Uh, the the margin has narrowed slightly this week. El Dujo's Dopers. Dane Lowe for PM. Cerberus. Mighty Bulldogs. Toto's Terrors. MC Willie Blocked. Lucky Punks. Greendale Goblins. And Jolly As. So... The ten hasn't changed a lot. Uh, I think this week my team's finally starting to hit their straps. Um, had some good games where like uh, I was tenth and then smashed the team so badly that I got myself back into the eight. And then on the ones where I was out of the eight, uh, I'm playing the very very worst side in the comp in both of those comps this week. So it should be a chance to get some four and against them. You know, maybe have a run at top four. Um, and the other ones are all good. I think I'm top four pretty much and everything else. So the team's really starting to look good and coming together. I brought Dugan in this week. Uh, Us hold far out of there because, you know, he's injured and broken finger. If you're not going to play the broken finger, geez. I might as well get a tampon that will play into the side. Exactly. So uh, Dugan. Tipping. The, uh, well, you know, the sad tale of just squandered opportunity, you know, misspent youth of the real Jedi <laughs> continues. But we'll go back to the top of the table. We have a three-way tie on top. Desi's Ducks, Boxcar Jason, Williams 277 on 113 points. Then we have a three-way tie for the next three positions, four through six. Ren Diggity, a new entrant in the game, who uh, tweeted me or Facebooked me the other day and said, um, you know, how can I, I've been registered with footy tips and submitting tips the whole time. How can I get into, into the This Week in League comp? And so I told them and um, boom, I think they came in on fifth pretty much. So they're obviously doing very well in their other competitions as well. Um, Voodoo Rock and Troy Schroeder are also there on that level and then we have Lynn on 111 Animal NZ 110 The Real Jedi 109 in 9th place Jesus. and Bendem bend like Fooey Fooey also on 109 in 10th place so Jedi terrible he's gone from a four commanding 4 point lead to now he's 4 points behind the uh, first place getters. that's a spectacular 4 from Grace Absolutely incredible, and um, the way that you know these uh the, these rankings go, you know, you have to pick a margin in each game, yeah. and it's like you know how close you were, how off the margin you know you are, the lowest score being the better score. Um, margin wise, Jedi still winning narrowly, but it's pretty close. Uh, second and third place guys are both on two twenty seven margin, and first place is two thirteen. So there's not a lot of uh, you know, if it comes down to a three way tie at the top at the end of the season, that margin stuff could be very very important. Uh, shop. We still have some minor stock of the Revelation shirt. Uh, hats and stubby coolers are all good, so hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash online dash shop because uh, we, we're clearing that stuff out, basically. Um, very, very limited stock of the Revelation shirt, so get in there and get it where you can. You'll see if the size is available when you go and check the drop-down for size on the site. Uh, Tigers in Decline shirt was chatting to the supplier today. Um, there was an issue where they held it up because they printed the kids' shirts on, um, on, the, on like V-neck shirts instead of like normal round ones, and I was like... You know, we'll see. Not what we're looking for. Not what we're looking for. You know, you can send them over, but you'd be prepared for the point that, you know, you're probably going to have to redo these on the other one. So, um, that held it up a little bit and through the you know through the the QA process on the on the printed shirts and stuff. But um, I think they're going to be shipping. I think is maybe tomorrow. I think they're shipping. Okay. So it's a little bit later than we wanted, but um, still in any case, that's they're not, coming. Not too far yet. The actual printing's done. They're actually packed, um, ready to go. I know it's an 11 kilo package that's going to be sent over. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, And, yeah, so uh, once we get them, 
then uh, yeah, they'll be mailed out. You know, pretty much immediately. I'll send them out. I'll, I'll go down to the post office and, uh, and get them all out on the day we've got them. And uh, so yeah. Well, if there's other stuff that's got to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. There is a couple of things as well. There are a couple of stubby coolers on there as well. Yeah, it's true. So I might have to whip up and grab them off you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, that's it. Uh, there's still limited stock of the Tigers in decline shirts. I mean, you still get like, you know, one a day sold. And so at that rate, we're probably going to, in a week, they'll probably all be gone anyway. Sure. But um, if you want one, get online, check out the size and, uh, you know, get in there and grab one while you can. Um, demand's Before pretty, I burn them all. The demand's been pretty good. So, I mean, you know, the, you know, it's possible that we might, you know, there might be a, re- a reprint of them. But quite frankly, if we just sold out all the ones we had instantly, you know, I'm very happy with that. Exactly. Then, we do, then, yeah, then we got the undefeated shirt on the way. So yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's awesome too. So uh, yeah, that's it. All we got time for. See you next week. See ya.